Come one, come all to episode 31 of Good Hang. You mean 30 fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Hey there, guys. Welcome to episode 31, the last episode of the year. 2015 done and dusted. Would you call this like the end of our first season almost? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we're, we're, yeah, um, some people do 13 episodes, some people do 22, we do 31. 31. Like like the months of the, the days of the month. Hey! Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Nice. Um, so we'll be returning um, after a short hiatus. Just a short one. Very short, next year. Uh, but thank you guys for sticking around for this entire year of podcasts. I mean, most of the year of podcasts. Uh, so you've been good. Great. You guys have been awesome. You've been great. And uh, in this episode, it's, it's just more of what you've been loving yeah these I past mean, 30 episodes what we talk about we talk about w- we talked about uh, what i did in bali what you did in bali took a trip to bali and we talk about john's holiday time yeah uh emotions <laughs> <laughs> we do a little fan segment where we give a little bit of advice because you know that's what we do more we're, advice we're from the good hangs we play game Nathan gets frustrated. What else is new? <laughs> We're back to the old times. <laughs> uh, but we play an interesting game of firsts. Famous firsts. Famous yeah. firsts, yeah. Uh, we then go into the news. And we, we've got a bunch of stuff in the news. But most interestingly, um, we got this story of a rich kid that I think we can all collectively hate. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like Hitler. It's okay to hate him. <laughs> I mean, people should be, you know, inherently good. They all have both sides. But yeah, I think we can all get on the same side of this Nathan, guy. We're not allowed to hate him because he has so much money. <laughs> that That's true. what his lawyers say. That is true. That, uh, it's more theme parks in Singapore and adult coloring books in the new segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite thing this week is our favorite Special thing. edition! Special, 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 special. Favorite media from the year 2015. We talk about books, podcasts, music, film, TV. We talk about it all. Everything. It's like a favorite thing wrap up almost. It's great. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for listening the whole year. We'll see you again. We're just taking one week off. We just need to get recharge our batteries and enter our Zen mode again. And we'll be yeah. back in January. Yeah, man. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Enjoy this episode. Get into it. Do you believe that people have punchable faces? Oh, oh, definitely. Such a definitely. mean thing. No, like, like there's a term for that um, in 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 uh, Singlish, Hokkien, Cantonese. One of the dialects. Um, it's called kiampa. Kiampa. Yep. I learned yeah. it back in secondary school. Like when someone says that your your kiampa means like I, your face deserves a punch. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. It's such a such a horrible. I, I think Ted Cruz is that way, no. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz has a very. Good I think all the Republic- Republicans have a punchable. Ted face. Cruz, especially though, like his face is just like the most gampa face ever. Oh yeah, I get that. <laughs> it also looks like it wouldn't hurt your fist too much. Mm, yeah, very. Mm, it's cushy. very, very doughy. Yeah. When we get to the news later, I'll show you this guy's fucking punchable face. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Okay. Um, well, I started recording, but I haven't set up the soundboard because I forgot to do that. Earlier. Soundboard. 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 Just keep talking while I set this thing up. Oh, dude. Um, uh, 
the, 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 the sticky date pudding you just ate. Yes, it was delicious. Thank you. Um, I heated it up in my new microwave. You got a new microwave? I got a new microwave. What was wrong with the old microwave? It was older than me. That's a pretty good reason. <laughs> That's a pretty good reason to change something. Okay, like, I want to know where you stand on this. Uh, and where you guys all stand on this. Well, on microwaves. Are microwaves good? Are they a good thing to happen? Because I've always thought that they were not that bad. Like, everyone always thinks it's radioactivity and you get cancer and blah, blah, blah. But here's what I think. Like, with all the devices that you're surrounded by, because, okay, the radiation that is emitted by a microwave is negligible to see. Yeah, the and least. also that thing, the screen on front, blocks the radiation waves from coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. black yeah. mesh. Yeah, yeah, but, like, there is a, the tiniest bit of radiation that leaks out. But is it? It's no, no, there is, there is. It's scientifically proven, but the amount that leaks out is negligible. Like it's less. Your phone gives up more radiation than that. So like, I don't know. I guess people are just picking and choosing. Like, they're going, yeah, oh, microwaves then, are bad and phones are fine because they need their phones, but they don't need. But I think microwaves. also like the last time people talked about microwaves being bad was like in the early nineties, right? Like, I think if anyone talks shit about microwaves these days, it's about the quality of the, how they heat up the food. Well, no, like nowadays, because like it's because it, it was. Per- perpetuated so much in the 90s it's kind of carried over to the current generation where like the moment you bring up microwaves everyone just kind of irks away from it like everyone assumes that it's bad but i think it's great i think i think the microwave if used well can do amazing things yeah look at chef steps yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. like um uh i've been using my microwave to cook vegetables and pretty much that's it and it does it so well yeah. It does it amazingly, dude. Like, like if you want to cook carrots, it takes forever to boil carrots. It takes forever to, like, bake boil, carrots. It takes forever to boil water. But to microwave carrots takes you, like, literally 45 seconds, and you have perfect carrots that are, like, slightly hard on the outside, but soft and mushy you and the sweet on the inside. You do the full-on chef-step style. You cover it with plastic and stuff, and then you poke it with a knife afterwards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that's because it, it traps the heat better, so it cooks faster. Yes, chef's if, steam. If, if you don't put the, 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 the cling wrap. wrap over it, you just have to put it in for longer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's what I... I mean, I use it to, like, reheat things. But even then, like, if I'm reheating a soup, oftentimes I'd rather just reheat it in a, on a stovetop. Oh, yeah, if I'm doing... If, okay, if I'm... The only thing that I use the microwave for is... For vegetables? To uh, cook vegetables, uh, reheat cakes. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, when cakes are cold, like, they're kind of gross, you want to reheat them a little bit. Like, the sticky date pudding I gave you, I reheated it for, like, 20 seconds. Nice. Um, and uh, to unharden ice cream. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because like microwaves, essentially, they just cook water molecules, right? Well, so, like, it, it excites the water molecules. Ex- it excites them because they're, they're they're pretty bored. They've been in the freezer for they're a like, long time. Mm, like, I'm eh, frozen. Just I'm ha- ice. Just hanging out. And then you put them in microwave and it's like, oh, party! Oh microwave! Microwave! <laughs> 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 yeah. um, oh, no, I'm evaporating. Yeah. So I'll put, it in the, I'll put like ice cream in the microwave for like 10 seconds. Because like sometimes when ice cream's in the freezer too long, it just becomes like, it breaks your spoons. Yeah. So I'll put it in the microwave for like 10 seconds, take it out. And it's completely scoopable. Oh, I never thought it's, about it's that. It's very smart. It's spoonable. Smat. Spoonable, smat. just like me. Wicked smat. Yeah. Wicked smat. Ah, wait. Man, I have so many things to pare down. Because it's like our big year-end special, and I'm like, it's our year-end special. It's our last episode of the year. Oh, by the way, Her. hi guys. Oh, hello. Hello, everybody. Hi there, dude. How cool is this? This is episode 31. There are 31 days in this month. It's the very last day of the month. I mean, this comes out on the 30th, but still, I mean, All signs, there's there's signs. some kind of some kind of serendipity there yeah <laughs> I feel like Joaquin Phoenix and I have my baseball bat and there's glasses of water everywhere 
did not get that it's reference. It's a signs reference. It's a signs of M. Night Shyamalan. I've never seen signs. Signs is one. This is the last good one. Is this last good one? I saw Six Tense, Six Signs, the rest are shit. I thought Unbreakable was good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that Unbreakable, it's like a love or hated thing. I kind of hated it. I thought Unbreakable was ahead of its time. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. <laughs> I thought I thought Unbreakable was ahead of its time. Fun. It's uh, ahead of its time. Like like if Unbreakable came out today, it would be a perfectly serviceable movie. But I think because at the time there were not that many good superhero films out, and like the structure wasn't very like set yet. Because yeah, I watched Unbreakable like a few months ago for the first time, and as I watched it, I was like, dang. Maybe I need to revisit it. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's kind of ridiculous, but you know it's a superhero movie. It should be, like it's it's. Like, Samuel L. Jackson plays a ridiculous character. Mm-hmm. Like, he's pretty much, like, he, what's, what do they call him? Mr. Glass. Yes. They call me Mr. Glass, because when I fall down, I, I break on my bones. And people step on me at a Jewish wedding. Yo, motherfucker, come at me. No! No, stop, stop, <laughs> And he breaks all his bones. That was a deleted scene. From M. Night Shyamalan's movie. Exactly. You know what I did watch the other day, though, that was really interesting? There's a YouTube channel called Your Movie Sucks. Oh, wow. Which is like a, a movie review channel with a slightly... I'm, it sounds like CinemaSins, negative. more or less. It's like CinemaSins, but the guy is a little bit more critical and a little bit funnier. Uh-huh. CinemaSins really pisses me off because they're way too cynical. It's like uh, nitpicks, nitpicks, nitpicks. Oh, no, no, but like he he acknowledges that fully. Like if you it watch... It like Still when, is what it is. Like Because he has several channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is the main CinemaSins channel where he nitpicks like crazy and he references that very often in the video where he'll mm. be like, I know this is nitpicking, but that's the whole point of this. It's just to to point out things to people that they might not usually see. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. And then his second channel is more honest criti- uh, feedback and like criticism. Right. But I'll probably did, check yeah. that out. But anyway, uh, on Your Movie Sucks, uh, this movie, whatever it's called, they did one of After Earth mm-hmm. and I've never seen After Earth. Have you ever seen Will Smith and Jaden yeah, Smith have you seen vehicle? It? I have not seen vehicle. Oh my god, it's so bad! And they showed enough of it in the review that it was just so entertaining. You know they have accents in that movie. Oh, because they're from like the future, right? Yeah. So they're like, yes, sir. There's like slightly Britishy, slightly. That's so odd. It's such a weird movie, man. Okay, like like, the movie never really appealed to me. But here's the thing: like, it's so strange because I'm very, as a moviegoer, I'm fairly loyal to like stars. Sure. So, like, if Jackie Chan came out of a movie, I'm on it. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's bad, Zodiac, I'm looking at you. I'm still going to watch it because I'm a Jackie fan Chan of that Jackie Chan wasn't in Zodiac. Yeah, no, not Zodiac the Murderer. <laughs> but he made this other movie called Zodiac where he was looking for these Zodiac statues. Oh. And, like, it was his first... I thought it was like, Jake Gyllenhaal, Jackie Chan, <laughs> try to track down a murderer in 1960s San Francisco. Hilarity ensues. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. Like... Yeah, it was some movie about him looking for Zodiac statues or whatever. That might not even be the name, but that's what I'm calling it. Um, it was terrible. And <laughs> he he had way too much control over that movie. He did everything. He directed, he produced, he starred, he wrote. Was this quite recent? Uh, fairly, like at least within the last five years. Um, that was a bad movie, but I'll still watch anything Jackie Chan puts out. And I used to be that way with Will Smith. Like, whatever he put out, I would watch. Mm Because I I just really liked Will Smith as an actor. Um, After Earth was the first one where I was like, no. And I stuck with him, man. Even through, um, uh, what's that movie? Hitchcock? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hancock. Hancock. Who's a hero. Hancock. I, I watched that. That was not good, but I still stuck with it because I like Will Smith. Yeah, I love Will Smith, man. And then there was Pursuit of Happiness. I thought that was great. I didn't watch that, didn't watch that or Seven Pounds or Focus. Seven Pounds was any of great. Uh, Hitch was fun. Well, that was, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, that movie he did with uh, uh, Holly Quinn. Uh, yeah, focus. Focus. Margot Robbie. I dug it, man. I, I like Will Smith, but something about After Earth was just like, I, I can't I think, get on board with that. You know, I've been telling you that one time we should we should rec- do a, a, what you call it, a, a commentary Movie track. Commentary. I would do it with After Earth. <laughs> it looks like there's enough bullshit and enough, like, we can just I think it. Was, I think it's Jaden Smith. I Something yeah. about something about the yes. Smith offspring bother me That was greatly. the big part of the review as well, is that basically this was just a vehicle for Jaden Smith. Like, Will Smith was like, I bought you a movie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jaden Smith and Willow Smith disturbed me greatly yeah. as people. Have you ever have you seen that interview they did with Time Magazine? No. What are it they talking about? It is greatly disturbing. So they, Time Magazine just does like a casual, I wouldn't say expose, but it turned out to be one. But it was really just an interview of Jaden and Willow Smith. And they were... Oh wow! I don't know. I don't know what the word to use is. I don't know if it's nutty, delusional, mm-hmm. uh, in too deep. But they were talking about all these things that were spiritual. So when they're like, oh, so what does life mean to you? They'll be like, oh, life doesn't really exist. Time doesn't really exist. We're all ghosts in space and shit like that. Like, and they're like twelve and fourteen. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Willow and Jaden Smith. I'm not entirely sure. You guys can look it up. Just Google Time Magazine, Jaden Smith, Willow Actually, Smith. Actually, one thing I discovered from this thing is that Jaden Smith has the most ridiculous tweets ever. He tweets in like, uh, what do you call it when you put the caps in front of, like, when you capitalize every word? Oh, I don't know. That sounds ridiculous. But though. he does that. Like he'll, he'll tweet out in like, he'll capitalize the first letter of each word. I'm not sure why. And he's very philosophical. And you know cool if you're philosophical but if you're 14 years old i'm just not buying it from you if you're 14 years old you're literally a millionaire and you live in hollywood something about me just doesn't want to believe you (laughs) yeah trying to find a website that has some of jaden smith's best tweets but there's just so many of them (laughs) let's just jump into it let's see here if everybody in the world dropped out of school we would have a much more intelligent society hashtag deep and hashtag fucking yeah capitalize every word yeah what I, what is that I, oh whatever I meant to stand out I don't know yeah there is no nutrients in our food anymore or in our soil or in our water <laughs> he's probably just high a lot no maybe yeah I feel like Willow and Jaden Smith got into drugs very early why is it three why is it always three <laughs> three what I, I don't even want to understand if newborn babies could speak they would be the most intelligent beings on planet Earth. They really wouldn't, though. Yeah. <laughs> They'd just be like, Oh my god, what's that? Oh, it's a ceiling. Oh, it's a light. Oh my god, blanket. <laughs> I feel like that's what babies are, essentially. Like, everything is new to them. They're not that smart, Jaden Smith. So, welcome to episode 31 of SmithCast. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? What's, is... what's new in the world of Jaden Willis? <laughs> what's new oh, in last the one, last one. Okay, last one. I watch Twilight every night. Hashtag deep. But is it the movie or is it the actual, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that one. Um, okay, anyway. Oh, uh, hi there, everyone. This hi, is, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome to episode 31 of Good Hang Podcast. I'm Nathan. He's John. We talk about things. If you're new, this is a good time to be new because um, this is our last episode of the year. Yeah. And we're going to be taking a little short break um, between 
now in our next episode. Uh, we'll let you know a little bit more about that later. Um, but during the break, catch up. Catch up on old episodes. Why not? There's 30 more to catch up with. It's a good time to start now. Yeah, then you can tell us which one was your favorite ones. Yeah. I, I don't dare to listen back to old episodes, mostly because the audio quality just decreased. Like, oh, you. Like, I don't know, man. They I all sound so... the same to me. <laughs> I think the last few episodes have sounded great, and I've been so happy with it. But the Hoot. first few just, oh my gosh, it bothered me. Oh, you know what we should do, actually? It me so much. We used to only use one mic between the two of us. Yeah, that was dumb. And we'd have to, like, share and, that like, was dumb. and like, push each other out of the way. You know, Nathan, if we are taking a break, maybe we should release one of our... Um, episodes that we recorded before oh, our trial episodes for real or should we save that for a good hang premium mm, mm, decisions yes, to be made decisions yeah but during our break we'll be uh re-energizing ourselves we're going to be rejiggering some things introducing some i mean just just like brainstorming pretty much because we want to have the new year bring new content yeah. for you in the names of in the words of creed we want to take it higher please wear blind means is that creed uh is it nickelback who was think i don't know i don't know i feel like that's a good genre in and of itself what do you even call that like douche rock yeah douche rock's pretty good douche rock okay um yes so country douche rock so yes there'll be a short break not too long i promise won't be more than two weeks probably uh but we'll keep you updated on when we're going to be resuming um asap cool yeah it won't be too long though it won't be too long no we 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 can't bear to be away from you for too long we will will miss you i'll go on board and say it won't be won't be more than a week would it probably not probably not yeah but maybe just a week off and then like yeah, because, man, we were working hard this holiday season. I am tired. Like, yeah. I finally have my voice back. Can you guys hear the sweet no, like, bells and tones of John Cassidy? This honestly, is what I sound like. Personally, I honestly cannot believe that we have been able to do 31 episodes back-to-back, I mean, week-to-week, with nearly no hitches. Like, we we never fail to release a new episode every week. And that has surprised me because when we first started out, I expected at the end of the year to only have maybe, like, 12 episodes no way man i was like ready to go <laughs> <laughs> no man like yeah it's 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 nice how um we've been able to be consistent with this because i, I you know i feel like over the course of this show we've gained a decent amount of listeners and you almost feel like a responsibility towards yeah. providing you guys with entertainment be it in your commute but i like that i like that because I, time. I feel like all my life i've had i've been on the other side of the table where like i feel you guys please give me more stuff please more content more stuff. Please, now sir. i'm the content creator please, feels sir. good on this can side i of the table. have some more no shut up it's the summer hiatus no no i'm gonna have to go outside and play yeah but if you guys listen to podcasts regularly most of your favorite shows have been off for most of december but not us boom we're just taking the hit of january off (laughs) (laughs) but hey there um yeah what's up man how how is your how has your last week been it's been chill yeah are you asking me what i've been up to is that what you're asking yeah i'm I'm gonna ask you that when you see your bud and want to know what's new you just gotta ask hey, what buddy. you been up to yeah this has been a really good week i i have i did nothing on christmas eve i did nothing on christmas day met up with a, i went to a couple parties on boxing day yeah which was random that was fun had some turkey no what, it was what, a very, what, what parties just some with the improv people and then some, with some lasalle people it was pretty chill that's cool it's pretty chill like I don't know, is this is this the segment where we talk? Because like all my favorite podcasts that are like pop culturey 
or I just it's everything in general. Websites. I just look forward to the end of the year countdown to actually talk about the favorite things from that year. In terms oh yeah, of, for sure, man. Like, should we this, do that in this segment or what? No, you want to talk that's about gonna Bali? be that's gonna be favorite things. Oh, favorite, favorite things. This this episode Duh. is gonna be. <laughs> Favorite things of the year. And oh, it's going to yeah. be like, so this is like a teaser for what's going to happen an hour later. So I don't know if you can even call it that. But an hour from now, when we go into favorite thing, uh, we will be doing like a bit of a countdown of our five top things of the year, be it movies, TV, books. Yeah, so stay on board for that. If you don't finish the episode, usually this time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time to say that. So, well, Nathan, talk about what you want to talk about, man, while I figure out what the hell I've been doing this week. All right, so this week, I went to Bali. Bali, Bali. Hey, Bali, Bali. Have you ever been to Bali, John? I have. I love Bali. Yeah, man. Bali's great. I haven't been in about about three and a half to four years. Uh, last time I was there, like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I Six. think the last time I went, okay, no, no, last time I went was not that long ago, but it was for a gig, so it was only for like two days. Mm. But the last time I went there for vacation was like three and a half to four years ago. And I I, I love Bali, man. Okay, uh, Bali, I'm a bit conflicted with Bali because I like Bali. It's a cool island, lots of stuff to do. But I don't like the sun very much. I'm not a huge fan of the sun. You're not that dark, dude. I, I get pretty damn dark. Wait, let, not, me, right? let me just show you my arms. Look at that. Look at that darkness. Yeah, I mean a little bit. It's... Look at that darkness. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like no sunscreen works on me. Um, I have an SPF of like fifty thousand, and I when I get when I get into the sun, I just slowly start browning. Not even slowly, I brown very quickly. Instantaneous. And I don't like getting too brown because it takes forever for me to get rid of. You yeah. know, like I know like a bunch of people out there who can't tan are like, oh poor you. I'm and they're secretly jealous because like every time they go tanning, they just turn red. Well, I go from like beige to very dark brown very quickly and it's almost just annoying yeah and now society thinks that you're a, you're a peasant <laughs> but um you have the you have the visage of a peasant i have the someone visage who, who can't afford of, to a, of, a, of a minority um Ugh, yeah but yeah uh, um bali was great did a bunch of water sports wakeboarded again which was fun uh, and that's the thing I never thought I'd be able to do. you know I'd how be- to wakeboard? Yeah, it's a thing that I never thought I'd be able to do. But a few years ago, um, huh. my brother dragged me. F- I figured it out. And ever since, you know. It's your thing? Wow, yeah. I've never tried it, but it seems wakeboard. quite difficult. Um, It's difficult to get up. No? Nothing there, John? No, I got <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have to continue. Like, There's no humor until you can do the second half. It's difficult to get up, um, but once you get up, it's pretty much smooth sailing from there. Just like how it was with your mom last night. Oh, oh come on! I thought you were going to... Fine, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, but when, once you once you get on your feet and you're on a board and it's gliding and everything, it's it's all good. Uh, it, it pretty much just becomes a game of like how, how strong your legs just like I was with your mom last night, up against the wall. Bale, bale, bale. That wasn't as strong. Yeah. Okay, but essentially, like wakeboarding is, if you can do burpees, you can wakeboard because the muscles. <laughs> that, use, that's all you need. Because like the muscles used in wakeboarding are very much the muscles used in burpees. It's like core, arms, legs. Yeah, almost. <laughs> like, and in that order, your whole body. In that order, because like uh, when you okay. get up, it's core. When you pull yourself up, it's arms. Right, and then right, once right. you get up, it's all legs. Oh, that makes sense. That's yeah, cool. man. Um, yeah, did a bunch of wakeboarding. Caught up a family. It was a big family trip. It was like my household, my aunt from US, my uncle. Oh, fun. Yeah. And Do you families. like traveling with family? I enjoy it in short spurts. I think I prefer traveling with friends, which is like you know a new oh, definitely a thing I mean, about growing up. You like, know, you don't. I think traveling with friends um, for nice long trips are 
it's like a nice thing because you you get to see things you get to go to places that you might not want to take your mom or dad yeah um traveling with family though Four it's houses. always like it's yeah it's always nice traveling with family like for short spurts because like it's nice to catch up yeah it's nice to you know um get reacquainted with the ones that you might not see very often you get sick of them pretty quickly though don't you um, I'm like, get out of my face well, already. Well, not really, because there are these cousins that I barely see because they live in U.S. Mm. Then there's my uncle, whose kids... Okay, he has two kids, like, and they're both fairly young, but I grew up with them since they were, like, babies, pretty much. Okay. And the older one... This is getting a bit personal, but, you know, you guys might enjoy this. So the older one, he's growing up to be quite the nice young man. Like, he's, mm. he's driven, he's determined, he's... I think he's, like, six, 15 or 16 or something like that. Yeah. And he's very intelligent. And um, he's he's gonna he's he's gonna be okay. Like he's smart. Uh, the other one, he's younger. I think he's fourteen. Yeah. He is extremely creative. He's probably the only other artistically minded person um, in the family. Yeah. Um, meaning like visual arts, sure, sure, creative sure, sure. arts, that kind of thing. He's probably other than myself. He's probably the only one in the family, which is nice. Um, but he's also so annoying. <laughs> he is so annoying because he recently started going to an international school. And that's uh, kind of how you become a brat. Where is he from? Where do they live in the States? No, 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 no. This cousin is the one that lives in Singapore. Sorry, uh, I'm not being very clear about the cousin separation. But okay, basically the, the trip was my household, uncle, aunt, other aunt, and four cousins. Mm. So decent sized trip. Right. Um... But yeah, Bali was nice. You guys all stay in the same place? We all stayed in this. Oh, yes, yes. We stayed in the same place because my dad recently opened a bed and breakfast in, in Bali. Uh-uh. Shout out to Paras Paros. Look that up on the internet. Paras Paros Marina Lodge. If you're ever in Bali, hit them up. Hmm. Say hi to my dad. Um, but yeah, he, he, he owns this bed and breakfast in a nice little fishing village called Sarangan. And it was just so nice to see because... I know that this has been a dream of my dad's for a very long time. You know, he used to work in like telecommunications and he like slummed it out before. But his dream was always to do like customer service, to do like BMBs, like provide like lodging and like a nice place to eat, you know, because he great. also likes to cook. So he's kind of fulfilling that dream now in his 60s um, and in Bali of all places. Hey. And it's very nice to see. I was so happy because when I went there, I was so happy to see that we weren't the only people living there. <laughs> like, there were tons of other people staying there. There was like um, uh, this group of Japanese tourists. There was one guy that rented out a place for like a month and a half because he liked it so much. So he decided to stay there and do his research because he was awesome. doing some kind of sharky research. And then there was like a family from America, a family from Australia, a family from Vietnam. Like it was like a decently packed yeah. house. And I was just so happy to see that. I was very, like it's it's weird to feel proud of your parents <laughs> because like it shouldn't work that way. But I was proud of him. You know, it was nice to see that something that he worked so hard for um, you think you think, you think he's gonna retire and then just live there and like just be like the guy who's just on the beach? I don't know. Like he, he's he's there days. pretty much like at least one week out of the month um, okay. to kind of you know make sure things are on the up and up. Um, but I don't know what the plans are for that place for the for the distant future. But for now, like he's kind of just maintaining it. He's pursuing a bunch of other projects within Bali with some friends. But for now, that's his baby. Excellent. Yeah, nice that's to see. awesome. Yeah, man. So that was Bali. It was a short. It was a pretty short trip, like through four days, three nights, but pleasant trip. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much. I like actually. I've been thinking a lot this week about. I mean, it, we did do the Christmas episode last week, but just like what Christmas is like for me. 
and like just chilling by myself and totally alone and like being okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I watched some movies. I watched Arthur Christmas. Have you seen this this Christmas movie? Um, is that Russell Brand? No, no, no. That's Arthur. Oh, <laughs> Arthur Christmas is this movie? Oh, it's about, an animated movie. Yeah, it's an animated movie with uh, James McAvoy, Jim Broadbent, Hugh Laurie, Imelda Staunton. Amazing cast and really fun movie about like the spirit of Christmas and stuff. Oh, I recommend it if you guys haven't seen. It. Just watch it now. It's fine. That's awesome. Um, I had eggnog. It was gross. I got the wrong brand. <laughs> what um, is eggnog? Ah, it's just creamy, eggy, milky goodness. It's actually really good if you get the right brand. The, is it uh, just organic. milk, sugar, and eggs? Maybe. <laughs> I feel like eggnog is just cake batter. Something, yeah, something like that. Right? It's like cake it's batter with a bit of water. Thin, without yeah. without the flour. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good, though. You try it. If you get a good brand, you try it. Um, had some parties. Yeah, it was good. It was pretty chill. Yeah, I didn't... Like... I always get, like, slightly melancholy. Like, we talked about it. Like, we just yeah. ref- think back to our childhoods. But it's cool, man. It's just the passage of time. Getting older. 30. I think I think that's only natural. Totes. And, like, eventually... Because I feel like... The time in between when you leave when you leave your family and when you find another family, you know, meaning like marriage and whatever. Yeah, that's probably the loneliest part of your life. Yeah, I, would, I, get, I, get I, that. I would think, and that's only natural. Like, I like and, it. I like being no, no. Alone. Like, lonely might not be the right word to use. Maybe solitary. Yeah, sure. like you're not alone, but you're just by yourself for yeah, that it's... time until you kind of. And even then, like, even like being single, like, you have a choice of to do stuff. Like, I was yeah. like, I'm going to go to this party, and I'm just going to go to that party, and I'm going to have dinner by myself yeah. at the Moosehead, which was delicious, by the way. Yeah. Except they make it use a little bit more crunch in there. Like, the beef cheeks was so, like, soft. It was, like, too soft. <laughs> I love it. And the celeriac puree was weird. I love it. You didn't like it? You weren't digging it? You know it? what I really liked was the beet. There was, like, a beet dish. It was, like, beets with, like, salted ricotta. Didn't try and it. almonds. It was good. Moosehead's a good time. It's good. I want to go back there again. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I I remember spending holidays by myself when I was living in Boston. Like not mm. Christmas, but like some holidays, um, especially Arbor Day. especially Chinese New Memorial Year, Memorial Day, Chinese New Year, especially Christopher Columbus Day, Christopher Columbus Day. No, especially <laughs> Chinese New Year because um, that's such an important holiday for us Chineses, um, China, ch- Chinos. <laughs> um, but it's such an important holiday because it's pretty much like. Like, yeah, like, my family doesn't celebrate Christmas, mm-hmm. but Chinese New Year is like Christmas. So whenever I was in Boston, I would miss Chinese New Year, and I'd just be, like, FOMOing out of, like, my, my pants. You'd be what? <laughs> FOMOing. You'd be FOMOing? I'm teaching you something new today. FOMO? FOMO, F-O-M-O, means yeah. fear of missing out. Oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah. yes, yes, I know that, I know that. I thought, I thought you were just saying, like, a Chinese word. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I was, I was... I like I would always FaceTime them and I would see my my grandparents when both of them were still alive and I would just have one. Mm. Um uh I would see like my, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my family, and I'd be <laughs> Yeah, it was depressing. But yeah, it yeah. was you know it, it's it, it's it's you grow up a little bit, I think. Sure. Like you feel a certain de- um independence. You feel a certain um, like you just feel like an adult, you know, like spending a holiday away from your family almost. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe it feels like you're getting older. Yeah, in a good way. In, in a like good way. In a good way. You're you're maturing. That's what I'm. Yes, you're for. maturing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. No, that's what we've been up to this week. Hey, hey. the last week of 2015. Last week of 2015. Badow. <laughs> but Oof. Oh Jesus! I almost fell off. Nathan almost fell over. <laughs> Oh man, um, 
I'm so lost. I I just landed this like a couple hours ago. That's okay. Yeah. I will carry the episode. Carry it. <laughs> you can't even find it. Yeah, this is easy, right? You think the soundboard's easy? What was you looking for, John? You think the soundboard's easy? Every time you, when I mess up, you yell at me. Shut up. Huh? Listen to us talk all day. You've got things you want to say. All you do is ask. Because we read your shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, just moving right along. Uh, we got one little email to read. Yeah. Um, Let me see if I can find it. Moving right along my good friends and good... What's that song from the Muppets? I don't know, but it's that sounds right weirdly along. familiar. It's called Moving Right Along. I can't remember. And it also kind of reminded me of Full House for some reason. Which, by the way, did you know they're doing a new Full House? I personally don't really care. It's crazy. It's, that show is too old for me to appreciate. Uncle Jesse's coming back. Is that the one with uh, Bob Saget and Henry Winkler? That just mixed two shows up together. <laughs> yeah, Henry Winkler is from Happy Days. Happy Days. Yeah, Bob Saget is from Full House. <laughs> oh, and, and Mary and Kate. Yes, both of them, except only one of them. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? I said Mary and Kate. Mary and Kate. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we have to come up with an anonymous name. Uh, let's see. Timmy. Here. Timmy. Timmy. Okay, Timmy says, "Um, I she's asking for advice." He's asking for advice. I can't seem to hold a proper conversation with my friends and family and sometimes strangers without mumbling, stuttering, or speaking too quickly. I just can't. I would rehearse what I want to say in my head so many times, but when the words come out of my mouth, it just becomes this weak beam of speech that dissolves in front of my face before it could reach anyone. Very articulate for some yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's a That's a word picture in my brain. Well, you've got the words, clearly. Yeah. Ironically, I've been working in the retail industry for almost three years now. Retail, like sales assistant. Like, I have to persuade people to buy our stuff, and I don't seem to have a problem speaking to customers. I can go on for five minutes explaining a product to the customer without stumbling over my words. WTF is this. Mm. Hmm. So I want to ask you guys if you have any tips on how to carry out a proper conversation or just to stop mumbling over my own words. I mean, one of you is a singer, songwriter, entertainer, and the other one is Nathan. Um, <laughs> one of you is a singer, songwriter, entertainer, and the other one literally talks for a living. Y'all are good with words. Yeah, thanks. You guys are the best. Oh, man. Thanks, Timmy. Timmy. Um, Timmy. Um, okay. I used to have this problem as well. Me too. I would mumble so much. I would speak super fast. Yeah. Um, and I get what you mean when you say like it only happens in certain occasions. So when you're speaking of customers, you are fine. And when you speak of family and friends, for some reason, everything just becomes like, it just becomes like word porridge. It just becomes like word porridge and it's all mixed up and messed up and you don't know what's going on. Um, I, okay, like, I'm not entirely sure what the degree of seriousness this is, but it doesn't sound like you have a stutter, because if you did, it would, it would culminate. It would show up in the typing. Yeah, everywhere. Hi, guys. It would show up in all forms of speech, including like when you speak yeah, with yeah, yeah. Um, the customers, I would assume, because um, one of my cousins has a stutter, actually. Mm. And it culminates more or less like anytime he's asked a question. Um, but uh, for your case... I would just think it's partially nervousness or partially just Probably. like, yeah, because I used to mumble a whole lot on stage, um, especially on stage in real life, you know, here and there. But especially when I was on stage, I, I would be terrified of talking most times because I knew that what I was about to say would come out like complete 
rubbish. Like it, yeah. no one, I would speak and no one would understand it. Yeah. So it's almost like, why even bother speaking? Yeah, there's like a psychological thing that you don't realize that you're doing it until maybe afterwards. Because me, for me, when I would mumble and speak really fast is because I had low, such low self-esteem that I didn't think... What you were would... saying is worth listening to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I was like, I just want to get it over with. So I'd be like, oh yeah. Mm. Like, that's how it would be. But you just learn to breathe, take your time. And just realize that it's not gonna, you're not going to die if people don't understand you completely or yeah. they don't get you or they don't agree with you. I mean, to me, it's clear that you are good with words. Yeah. You're fairly articulate. You seem yeah. to have a good grasp of the English language. So it's not like you don't have thoughts that are worth listening to. I think it's more so just like like John said, it's a, it's a confidence thing. Um, probably with customers, you feel a little, more, a little bit more disconnected from them and you're able to... Or like, there's a perceived... Uh, like relationship in place there you yeah, know how it's supposed yeah, to work like you're conveying information so you and like you spend time learning that information so you're able to give it to them succinctly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but with family friends it's you know uh, spontaneous topics maybe sometimes like you just feel like you know what you need to say isn't ready yet i don't know it, it's it's so hard to um quantify is that the word I'm looking for? It's very no. hard to quantify like what the problem is because it's such a psychological thing, and none of us are, you know, uh, brain quantists. certified. Yes, certified brain quantists, aka psychiatrists yeah. or psychologists. So, but whatever what, what are some t- like he or she or Timmy yeah. asks? Any of you have any tips? Like any small tips that can help out? Um, um start a podcast. Try yeah, that. <laughs> like it's the it, Timmy show. The Timmy show. Yeah. Like, he's kind of joking, but it's also true. Like, it's only really once I started this podcast that I really learned to, like, chill and slow down. You trip over your words a bunch. I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. Like, you, like, sometimes you either dyslexia them up or you just, like, drop a letter I think or you I- add another letter. But you power through it and you get the thought out and you convey your idea. And I yeah. think that's the most important thing. Th- thanks for bringing that up, Ethan. Um <laughs> Ethan. Uh yeah, but I I think also a big part of it is that my brain works Look, quicker. I sometimes I just disappoint people. This is true. This is true. I think sometimes it just my my brain works faster than my mouth. Uh, which yeah, 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 yeah. makes sense. I yes, know? yes, yes. It's like uh, that's another thing. Like I'm just so excited to say this thing that I go too fast. Hey, but look at this idea I have and I don't Yeah. But don't be, don't worry to me. I assume if you fit into the the demographic of our show, you're probably a young person. So you got time, chill. Got it's time. all good, baby. It's all good, baby. Or maybe like you can start treating your family like customers. Yeah. <laughs> like how would that go? Uh, thank you for breakfast, mother. Um, how much do I owe you for this scrambled egg? <laughs> <laughs> um, she would be the customer in that scenario. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um, Timmy, I think it's hugely a matter of confidence because um i would think to function in retail especially after doing it for three years you have a certain comfort mm-hmm. you have a certain confidence with you know what you know in your job because you've been doing it for so long yeah so you're able to convey that information very well so there's no problem there because again the confidence um Try to bring that over when you're speaking of your family and friends. I don't think that should be too big of a problem. Because yeah. like, like, like for me, when I was stuttering and mumbling on stage, that was in the formative years of my performance. Like Nowadays, I can speak on stage and talk about my poop. 
um, and that's not a big problem yeah, because then he just flashes his smile and everyone's like but it's all about getting used to different situations you know yeah. and for you uh, it's 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 just conversing a family and friends yeah and here's something too this might be way off the mark but um try also like when you're in a conversation try really 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 listening intently because uh, I think sometimes that we're so focused on what we want to say yeah. that we don't listen and therefore the conversation becomes a little unnatural. But when you're truly, truly listening, it makes a difference. Uh, also, you can sign up for improv classes. Mm. Check out the facebook.com slash the improv company dot SG or whatever the fuck my group's website is. But for real, those things help. Like speech yeah. and drama, yeah. improv, like those things help you with like because you know like the like people say life's a stage um and that's true to a certain extent you know the better performer you are the better you function in just like social situations i feel this is true yeah i feel like especially if you go to like a drama school like an art school you'll see a lot of people that are very outspoken you'll see a lot of people that are very well 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 spoken and able to convey their ideas very well yeah, so but i yeah. mean completely retarded in other ways Oh, and when yeah, I say yeah, retarded, yeah. I mean that. Like, or some of our social development has been retarded. Yeah. So why not try try a improv class? Why mm. not? Why not shine up? Maybe I'll be your teacher. That'd be Ooh. crazy. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. Yeah. All right, we're keeping it short this week, short and sweet, because we yeah we have a lot of stuff to talk about later, mm-hmm. especially our favorite thing. So right away, let's go. Where are we going, John? Game time. Game time. <laughs> New Year's edition. We're here again. Nathan Hartono, I got something for you today, my friend. What do you got? I have a game. And to celebrate the first day of the new year, uh-huh. I have compiled a bunch of famous firsts. Famous firsts. I dig it. I, it's, it's vague enough for me not to have been able to do any research. Exactly. <laughs> and I didn't make them too hard, so I'm not giving you multiple choice options. Ah, oh, shit. And in the spirit of our podcast... Most of it is pop culture. Some of it is to do with real life. All right. How many questions and how many does there it There are right? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. So you have to get five. Five right. Okay. Let's do it. Keep in score for me? Okay, cool. Jumping right into it, baby. Who is the first person to fly across the Atlantic Ocean? Ah, shit. This is also like quiz night training. First person to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. He's so in it, there. His his or her name is in okay. your brain somewhere. So it can't it can't be any of the rights because they just invented it. They didn't go that far. That's right. It can't be Amelia it's Earhart. Not Edgar Wright. He's a director. It can't be Amelia Earhart because she's a woman. She, she disappeared. Um, oh, did she though? Or did she? As like, did she? Did she do it? Know. Did she do it before she disappeared? Why the sky is blue. Fly across the Atlantic Will Ocean, you say? To Amelia Earhart. Yes. Who holds the stars up in the sky? Uh, I can ask God just... Because I feel like she wouldn't be that famous if she just flew and disappeared. Then she'd just be like that chick that didn't know what she was doing with the plane. If she flew across it and then like, oh, she flew across. And then like she, the next time she tried, she disappeared. Then that's what made her so epic. Um, Why aren't you here with... Me. I can't think of any other famous pilots. Tonight. I don't know why. Uh, um, Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pete Mitchell, aka mm. Maverick. Kevin Spacey. In. In real life, he. he oh, really? He, he, yeah, he. he John Travolta. Things. John Travolta. Um, Stop stalling. 
Okay, I'm just gonna say credits. I'm just gonna say Amelia Earhart because I truly cannot think that of any other famous pilot. That is incorrect. Pilots. Fuck a tit. Charles Lindbergh. You never heard of Charles Lindbergh? I have not. Spirit of St. Louis. Nope. And then someone stole his baby. No. Charles Lindbergh, the first man to fly across the Atlantic Ocean in. Oh, it's the one thing I didn't put the date on. Eighteen, nineteen, whatever. Fucking fuck. I feel like no one knew this. People knew this. All right, moving quite along. If you knew this, tweet at us. Yes, please do. Um, uh, moving right along and famous first. Nathan, what are the names of the first daughters of the USA? Again, oh, I had these fucking American-specific questions. No one cares about American history. I care about American history. Just you. USA. Um, USA. The three first daughters of America? No. What are the names? What are the names of the first daughters of America, of USA? What does so, that even mean? I was gonna say, I was gonna make that part of the thing, but no. Like, who is okay? Who's the first lady of the United States? Oh, like right now? Yeah, Michelle Obama. Yeah. Now, who are their daughters? Oh, okay, so that's the question. Yeah, so I was gonna f- be like, I wasn't gonna give you, but fine, fine. Okay. Eve in the Garden of Eden. Ah, yeah. I, there's no way I'm gonna get this. You don't know their names? There's no way I know this. Just try to just just try to start thinking in Barack Obama's voice and like. Giving a speech of like, oh yeah, now I'm going to Oh, take- you mean like currently? Yeah. Oh, I thought you asked about George Washington's no, daughter's wait, 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 wait. dorks. <laughs> like, I want to listen back to the question, but I could have sworn you said who are the first. What are the names of the first daughters of the United States? Oh, okay. See, I, I misunderstood. Uh, I thought you meant like the very first first no. daughters. Because I'd be like, why the fuck would anyone know that? Sasha, <laughs> and? Sasha, and Malia. That is correct. Uh, yeah. For one point. Sasha and Malia? Sasha and Malia. <laughs> exactly right. Sasha and Malia. If you forget, you just got to go and do rock. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna take Sasha okay. Malia. We're gonna watch Star Wars. Sasha Malia. All right, now we now the rest of this is pop culture. Oh, Here we go. Nathan, what is considered the first summer blockbuster movie of all time? Ooh, oh, I truly don't. Okay, okay. can I get a hint? Um, it was the first movie to make a hundred million dollars. Well, I was gonna ask for like a year, but <laughs> the year was 1975. Oh, okay. First summer blockbuster. So before Star Wars. Um, I was I was gonna go with Die Hard, but no, probably not. <laughs> um, oh, jeez, first summer blockbuster, nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. That would mean. Did Indiana Jones come up before Star Wars? Nope. <laughs> oh, wow! I did, did not it? know this. Actually, I'm not sure. I feel like it would. I feel like either they came out really close to each other, though. I feel like it was. Indiana Jones, then Star Wars. Mm. Oh my gosh. The very first blockbuster was... Enter the Dragon. <laughs> no. The correct answer, 1975, was Jaws. Jaws. Because right. before Jaws came out, no one released movies in summer. Yeah. So it was only after Jaws. Why didn't they release movies in summer? Because they didn't realize. Like, they assumed that people, kids wanted to go and play and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stupid people from the past. Okay. That was a tough one. But yeah. First movie to make $100 million, consequently. Very cool. Uh, so, with that in mind, what was Nathan the first movie to make a billion dollars? First movie to make a billion dollars. Oh, I feel like this is somewhere in my head. It's one of the big franchises, either Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Not giving away anything? Poker Face. Uh, first to make a billion. Poker Face. Was it the Marvel? 
first movie, so standalone movie. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say, like, what are the first three movies when you combine their scores together and make a billion no, dollars? Uh, it's like, uh. Yeah, not series of movies, not just first movie. I'll give you the year. Sure. The year is 1993. Oh, quite a giveaway. Damn it. That's quite a giveaway. It really isn't. I don't know. That's a quite a giveaway. Is it? Star Wars. Same director as the first the movie I said mentioned earlier. Ah, damn it! I don't know enough about things. <laughs> so Steven Spielberg, or is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, it is. Steven Spielberg. What did he make in 1993? Is it? He didn't make E.T. in 1993. Nah. Um, first movie to make a billion dollars. Come on, Nathan. What did he make in 1993? There have only been 19 movies to make a billion dollars. That's not adjusted for inflation. What did Steven Spielberg make in Indiana? Was it Indiana Jones sequel? Indiana <clears throat> Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nope. Not even close. Let's, let's just say I got it wrong then. I got it wrong. Jurassic Park. Ah, mother t- it Oh, you don't like yourself now, do you? No. You should have gotten that one, right? I should have gotten yeah. that one. Yeah. I forgot he directed that one. I don't know why. You're going to hate me for this one then. <laughs> uh, going with the first film first. Well, Nathan, what was the first film that had sound? Oh. Uh, uh, I thought you might know this. The f- The Great Dictator. Nope. Damn it. I don't know this. <laughs> That's not your final answer. That's just you thinking out loud. That's the only thing I have in my head. Really? Though. You don't know oh, this one? Is it, is it a Buster Keaton movie? No. Oh. No. Um... Some might say that you are this. The singer? Can you be more specific? The singer of La Mancha? I don't know. <laughs> fucking hell. I 1927, don't. the movie was The Jazz Singer. The Jazz Singer. Landmark of cinema history. Damn it. So, so far, I've gotten none right. Oh, I no, got one. Got I one. got Sasha Malia. Yeah. But I've lost game. Oh, I haven't lost. No, I, you I need, need to get, get the rest. You need to get the rest. Right. I think you can get the rest. I don't know. I always thought it was a great dictator, but see, that's messed up in my head because that was Charlie Chaplin's first um, talkie, talkie. I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You should get this one. Moving on to TV now. What is the first TV show to have a lesbian couple in which both actors are regulars? Regulars meaning like regular people? Yeah. Like... But that, that like but, non-gays. But, <laughs> uh, first TV show of a lesbian couple. But actually, I think they might both be straight women. Now I think about it. Like the first one that comes to mind is Friends, but I feel like but they weren't really regulars. They were kind of side characters. Who? who? Um, Ross's wife. Oh yeah, no, yeah. they don't count. Um, first TV show of a lesbian. Was it? Uh, Will and Grace. I never watched that show because no? I have no idea what it's about. Um, you watched the show. I know you've watched the show. Uh, One of my favorite shows of all time. The West Wing? No. No. Jeez, <laughs> um, first TV show to have a lesbian couple. I was clearly not ready for this. Really gay, really, really great relationship. Really gay relationship. Really gay rate. Gay rate. It's gay rate. It's gay rape. Uh-oh. That's not a hint. Um... Lesbian couple, both of them are regular. Can I say this? You're yeah, sure. How awesome is, is it to be a gay man? Pretty good. I right? think, I mean, aside from the discrimination and Okay, no, 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 but aside from the discrimination and all that, but like like gay, okay, like guys are so much more sexually active than 
women. Oh yeah, it's way in in terms of sex life. I feel like, yeah. yeah it's and like and like when you and you, there's the whole experiment of like if a girl if a guy went up to a girl on the street and said, "Would you like to have sex?" Like nine point nine 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 times out of ten, she would say no. But if the inverse happened, nine point nine 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 times out of ten, the guy would say yes. You know, like, what's the catch? Yeah. So like you know, I but, would think yeah, sure. <laughs> so like with gay guys, like they they just score all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so easy for them. Grinder man, grinder. Jeez, like, yeah. I feel like if I if I were like gay on Tinder or something, you do well. I, I just swipe right and everything. No, like anybody. You don't just need like Tinder. Right. You don't need Tinder when you're gay. You use Grinder, and Grinder's like crazy. That's just like the people who are close to you. Uh, I like, feel like oh, I feel like ten grind- feet away from once to fuck you. Go meet in the bathroom. I remember um, looking back when I was in MDC. I, I saw my friend's Grinder page. Mm-hmm. And the profile pictures are all just topless men. Yeah. Oh, no, no, like topless torsos, I mean. Yeah. Very odd. Very, very odd. Have you heard of this new dating app called Happen? No, what's that? A friend of mine showed it to me the other day. It is kind of (laughs) creepy, but sort of fascinating. Is it you have to get together and watch The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan? (laughs) Exactly. No, it's it's proximity-based. Like Grindr? Ish. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it, it will show you... The people that you chanced upon on that day. So kind of like, um, say for example, you went to uh, Takashimaya. Right. You know, in the afternoon. In the afternoon or something like that. And then if you open Happen, like you can see everyone that... Was also in Takashimaya? Something like that. You'd be like, ooh, how about those lines today at Takashimaya? We should go fuck. <laughs> something Is that like, how it works? Well, I think that that's kind of the... Or like, hey, the you jumping go to my off gym. Point. I, think, yeah, gym. Yeah, I think that's a jumping off point. Kind of like giving people that's the... That's creepy, man. Giving people the... Uh, ability to stalk other people. That and also the ability to conversate by, by op- the opening line being like, oh, I see you were also here, you know. So they'll show you um, where you chanced upon them or when you guys were in the same proximity. Oh. And uh, and it will let you know, like, if they're currently there now or if they're just, like, somewhere else. But they won't tell you where they well, like, are. Like, if you hope to bump into that person again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, what was the question? Back to Game Time. Oh, that's a question. I don't like you having control over the soundboard. Yeah, the first TV show to have a lesbian couple in which both actors are regulars. Okay, okay. So just think, like, how many lesbian partners can you think of that was in TV? Ellen and Portia. Yeah, but no. (laughs) Um. Wow. Why do I not know this? Lesbian couples. I'm pretty sure you watch the show. Bleed. No. No. Not one of my favorite shows. Um, Though a little bit more underrated. It's more heat than it deserves. Lesbian couples, lesbian couples, lesbian couples, lesbian couples. What other hints? What other hints? What other hints? Um, Lesbianums. Okay. Um, Brain, think. I'm guessing. I don't know. You'll know it, wouldn't you know? Um, Let's see. What other hints can I give you? Oh, one time they had um, sex on the show and they sang about it. So it's not Glee, are you sure? But it's not Glee. <laughs> and yet somehow not Glee. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm under your spell. Oh, no, can it be? Underneath my willow tree, you may be complete. Oh. 
Such a good musical. Willow and Tara from Buffy is the answer. I never watched Buffy. Then you're wrong <laughs> for not watching. I've it's never awesome. watched a single episode of Buffy. I'm sorry, I thought you had. Life. I've never seen a single episode of Buffy in my entire Oh, they had a beautiful life. relationship. I don't even know what that show is about. It's about a vampire slang. Oh. But also the foibles of growing up. I understand now. Anyway. Sarah Michelle Gellar, beautiful lady. Very beautiful. She was gorgeous in Scooby-Doo. Okay. I think you're going to get these next three ones right. No, nope, you're going to get... I've, I've lost games. You're going to get two. You're going to get one of these right. I've lost Because now we are in your favorite category. We are in the music category. Yay. Nathan, who was the first band to play a stadium? Play a stadium show. I don't know these things, John. Why don't you know anything? Because. We're so good at... We're I so feel good like, at you know, like... Why would you know these things? You had to research these things. Yeah, but I had, a, I had a very good guess for all of these. Stadium. Okay, so I would think it would have to be like one of those older bands. So Maybe I should have made Rolling a Stones. Choice. The Beatles. It was in 1965. Rolling Stones, The Beatles. It was in New York City. New York City. I'm going to say The Rolling Stones because I feel like they were at a pretty high peak at that point it was actually in fact the beatles fuck all right 965 in the chase stadium you can watch that whole concert on youtube yeah no like to me beatles was like way too obvious i was saying maybe rolling stones but yeah, that nah. was, yeah. Okay. so with that in mind nathan what was the first number one u.s song for the beatles number one which US of their songs went number one first in the u.s the songs that went number one the first one hey jude think about the ed sullivan um, show um I'll give you the opening chords. Twist chord. and shout. I'll give you the opening chords. Jung, jung, jung. That might not even help. I said twist and help. shout. Jung, jung, jung. Twist and shout. They're really similar then. Dun, dun, dun. Shake it a baby now. Shake it a baby. Jung, jung, jung. Jung, jung, jung. Jung, jung, jung. Jung, jung, jung. Jung, 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 jung. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got it. Uh, I want to hold your hand. I want to hold you. Got it. That's correct. <laughs> you did it. Took a while because you sing oddly, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not perfectly accurate. It's there. Oh yeah, yeah. Understand. Across Universe, one of my favorite movies. That's a good movie. I really liked it. I really dug the soundtrack. Like, Across Universe made me rediscover Beatles. Yeah, I think so too. Like, you know, there's times like you always love the Beatles, but something will just pique your interest and resurge it. Yeah, Across Universe really did that for me. And then, of course, Cirque du Soleil's Love. Yeah, all love was really, really but good. But Across too. Universe really did it for me because I, I love their reimaginings, especially. Um, I've just seen a face. I thought their version of that song was better than the original. There's two ones. There's, there's, um, uh, help me tonight, alright. Like it's it's okay. Like it's hard to say that a cover beats the original, but for me, the two ones that beat the originals in in that movie were um, I've just seen a face and she's so heavy. She she's so heavy was pretty hardcore because she's so heavy was you know it's it's kind of a middling song for the Beatles, but yeah. like, they. I want to see more covers of this. I forget the song, but it's like it's the one in the, it's in the beginning when she's like it's, it's not a very good Beatles. It's not a very well known Beatles song. What is it called? Uh, I forgot. Yeah. On tonight, all right, it's you, 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 you. Anyway, it's fine. Um, I love the Beatles. They're good. Now they're on Spotify, so you have no reason not to listen to them. I've just seen a face. I can't forget the time and place that we just met. She's just a girl for me, and I just want the world to see we've met. 
I think we owe them like a million dollars now. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Spotify, so maybe just $10. Um, on Love as well, the their version of Because. Oh, God. Because the world is round, it makes me high. Because the world is round. Harmony that nailed ex- it. That was extremely dissonant. Anyway. Yeah, nailed it, right? Nope. Thanks, the beauty and the ugliness. <laughs> All right, last one. This is actually pretty fun. All right. <coughs> Nathan, what was the first album to sell 30 million copies? Ooh. <coughs> 30 million copies. Okay, so that is cannot possibly be the last 10 years because... You mean the last five years by Jason Robert Bound? No, it is not the last five years by Jason Robert <laughs> As it, can't be, it couldn't have happened in the last 10 years. Because, or could it have? Uh, to my very vague knowledge, I don't believe nothing has... I don't believe anything has crossed 25 million in the last... Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's so difficult to say though because did you know that they recently um, started counting song sales as album sales that's that's dumb it's dumb but you know they do it for to simplify things a little bit yeah because, that also, I guess it yeah. makes sense um, so it's so hard to gauge but like true 30 million copies they just count it as one twelfth of a song one twelfth of an album or whatever 30 million copies like Backstreet Boys I feel like they were a big enough phenomenon <laughs> But, All right, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. It's the only album to reach, to have so 30 million. This is 30 million domestic, sorry, in America. Oh. Oh, maybe Michael Jackson. I feel like he did good for himself. Where is he nowadays? Six feet under. <laughs> have you seen his childhood? Um. Oh, speaking of molestation, I saw this really good movie um, called Spotlight. We'll talk about it later. Let's okay. I'm going to say Michael Jackson only because I can't think of anybody else right now. Yeah, but which album? Damn it. <laughs> it is Michael Jackson. Off the Wall. No. Poker Face. Poker Face. Thriller. As of two weeks ago, Thriller has sold 30 million Yay! copies in America. Why as of two weeks ago? I, that's when it crossed the mark. Oh, in December fifteenth. Okay. Oh, it just did. Yeah. Ah. So good on you for the king of pop. Great, great music video. All right, that was game time. Very game long time. music video. Game time, game time. That jacket though in the thriller video, I love that. I feel like more people should have those. I remember when I first watched the music video for Thriller, mm. I was in the full length one. Yeah, like the nine they, minute they, long they one. They premiered it on Channel 5, which was on TCS at the time. And they premiered it. I don't know if they, they premiered it or it was like airing regularly, mm. but it was, it was showing on TV and I watched it as a kid and I was just so fascinated as to what the hell was going on. Because yeah, it, like it was like, is this, is this a TV show? Is this a movie? Is this a commercial? It's going awfully long. I oh, remember music. When I was a kid, I was quite, I was quite scared because I was like, what? Michael's the monster too? I felt so betrayed. I just thought it was like a weird Halloween special. I wasn't entirely sure what was going on. But then I, I just remember being very entranced. Have you ever heard Michael Jackson beatbox? Uh, yeah, when he, he did really that good. demo for Billie Jean, yeah. Yeah, or uh, what was that in the, in the movie? Was that in the movie? 
I don't know, I just remember seeing something on YouTube. Michael Jack I'm gonna actually I'm gonna look it up. Michael Jackson, he didn't play a single instrument. Yeah. But he was so musical that he had all the arrangements and all in his the arrangements. Yeah, yeah uh, this like, is how I saw it too. He composed in his head. So, okay, I'm going to let you guys listen to this. Because um, uh, from background, this is what you're going to find. Is that a couple of times Michael Jackson has been sued over copyright. People are saying like, oh, he stole my song. Dog got down, song is mine. <laughs> they would say. And Michael would show up in court and be like, they, they, they'd ask him questions. Be like, hey, how did you come up with the song? He, it's exactly what Nathan described. He was like... Oh, I was just lying back, or I woke up from a dream, or something, and I could hear this something, and he would just beatbox it perfectly. Yeah, he was really good at it. Like he would, he would base, he would pretty much just record himself on tape, and uh, I don't think that's, that's right. Not it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Sorry. Because yeah, like Nathan said, was right. He couldn't play any instruments, not even piano, but yeah. he would just be like. So like now, so what people do nowadays on like GarageBand where they record you know different tracks themselves, he would do that on tape. Like he would just like record over himself on tape. It was beat it, not Billie Jean. Sorry, and this is it. Oh. Okay, this is the harmonies, the vocal harmonies on the choruses. What an unfortunate on, speaking uh, voice. Yeah. Beat. Blessed of an amazing singing voice, but that speaking voice. Um, I'll do the verses, then then I'll do the choruses. One, two, three, four. Wait, what is that? So that was all him? Like multiple tracks of him? Or was that with different people? No, no. He's just recording over himself. Pretty much like what I do with like, all my with, with, Yeah. Oh, that's um, so cool, man. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it's it's not unprecedented. Tons of people can do this. It's just so cool to hear such an iconic song. It, yeah. The inception of such an iconic song just came from like the top of his head. Not from like a bunch of musicians. Um, and yeah, man. He, he, was, he was the real fucking deal. Good job on 30 million. Yeah. Yeah. But like, let's see if we can get this one. But like, yeah, like I said, he, he, he but he was just a good beatboxer. So this is some from some interviews. Okay. So you just play this. You're looking at some interviews. So Michael he'll just Jackson be talking beatboxing. So he's legit, man. Like you know, he was doing multiple instruments at whatever. Like that's very cool. Okay, what was your favorite Michael? Uh, probably Billie Jean. Yeah? Yeah, William Denham, yeah. That was cool. What about you? <laughs> I feel like no one got that reference. Yeah. Um, mine was Tiny Black Michael. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Tiny Black Michael. That's a song? 
No, no, like when he, when he was. I, I mean, like, what's your favorite Michael? Like, which oh, phase which of Michael? era of Michael? I thought you meant yeah. which my favorite song. <laughs> he sang a song called "Tiny Black Michael." <laughs> Tiny Black Michael. Hey. <laughs> no, like, I, my my favorite. Oh, baby, give me one more Tiny Black Michael. My my favorite era was Tiny Black Michael. What? Well, okay, what did he? So from Jackson Five, you're talking from about Jackson, Jackson Five, because like he, he was. Okay, it's, it's it's undoubted that he's a talented musician, talented singer, but. He was such a exceptional performer at such a young fucking age. Yeah. Like it's it's unfair. I remember watch, like going back in history and just watching his previous stuff and just thinking, this is not fair. How can someone <laughs> this young not just sing this well, but be able to convey emotions that someone that age shouldn't even have? Yeah, that's why he wanted us... That's why he was asking us if we saw his childhood. Mm. Yeah, no, I think like... Michael, when he was like half black, half white, was like my favorite. So yeah, when when he moonwalked on TV for the first time, that was insane. Mm, yeah, I mean, oh, I wasn't what, what, really, I was like two when that happened, but still. What was that song that he sang? Um, he, Pretty young he, thing. He covered he covered someone else's song and he changed and he just gave it new life. Like it was a it was an existing song that wasn't doing very well in the charts. Then Michael took it and just destroyed. Huh. Completely destroyed. I'm it. curious what that song is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He it was very well known for it. Lil Black Michael was very well known for singing it. And he Oh, just, it was a Jackson Five cover. Something like that, yeah. Oh he didn't didn't they, didn't they do that with a bunch of songs? Is it I'll Be There? Yeah, just it could call be. my name and I'll be there. Who no, did that originally? I don't think I don't think it was that one. It was something a lot more iconic than that. Um but yeah, I love Lil Black Michael. Oh, you're thinking of Mariah Carey covering because I'll be there as a Jackson Five song. Mariah Carey did a cover of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll occur to me at some point, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. How sucks it to be the, to be the other four of the Jackson? I, I think it sucked to be a Jackson in general. Unless Joe Jackson was not a good person. Yeah. He beat them into submission. But you know what's crazy? That like even despite all that and how big Michael was, Janet Jackson was still pretty much almost on that level until Justin Timberlake went and screwed it up for her. No. Uh, well, Janet Jackson, she's been doing very cool things. Um, her Actually, latest release, her latest, her latest album that came out this year, um, she's like she's not bending over backwards for any record labels. She started her own independent label, and she released an album. She kept her sound, hmm. and it's very throwback, but it's so refreshing that like she is keeping to it as opposed to going all like, EDME. And like you know, like oh, I can be hip. I can be hip too. <laughs> it's, and it's crazy how similar she sounds to Michael. Yeah, like I never really completely realized it until I re- I listened to the latest album and I'm like, oh, this is like Michael hmm. reborn into a woman, which you know is arguable that but that was what, it, what, what, what he was going for. for. That's yeah. what he was going for the yeah. whole, his whole life. <laughs> yeah, list of covers by the Jackson Five. Is it Who's Loving You? Who's Loving You? That was a song. I believe it was a Smokey Robinson song. Uh, by the Miracles, yeah. It was a Smokey Robinson song, and Michael Jackson blew it out of the water. It's the one that goes like, Well, I had you treated me bad. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, that's a great song. Since 
Uh, anyway, go guys. If you don't know the song "Who's Loving You" by the Jackson Five, listening assignment. Just listen to it. It's beautiful, and it's crazy to think that it, how can you, how old was Michael Jackson when he sang that song? He so, was not more than ten. They covered it in 1969. He was he was young. Yeah, he must have been like when was he, when was he born? When was he born? I feel like we're talking a lot about Michael Jackson. 1958, so he was barely 12. Yeah. And a twelve-year-old, he gave that song 11, yeah. so much life. It, 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 it's, 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 it's a very deeply it's personal and emotional song, and he blew it out of the park, man. That's why there was never, there's never going to be anyone like him. Man, I'm 24 and I can't even pull off a song like that. Yeah, I'm 30 and I can't pull off a song like that. Well, that's because you can't sing. That's because you're. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was harsh. No, that's basically what I was setting you up for. <laughs> I could anyway, sing. Anyway, that was game time. Were we in game time? I can't remember anymore. We were talking about Michael for a very long time. That was Michael time. Michael that, time. Michael time. Michael time. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Michael Jackson, man. Okay, jumping right into it, the news segment. I got a pretty good collection of news stories here, Nathan. Alrighty. Some local stuff, some weird stuff, some funny stuff. It's all good, baby. Let's do it. First thing I want to talk about is, did you know that there are more theme parks that are going to be opening up in Singapore in the next couple of years? I have heard about it. Yeah. Okay, uh, um, before we get into your story, um, I heard that they're opening a Ubisoft theme park in Malaysia. In Malaysia, yes, I've heard that too. I cannot wait for but that. But apparently there's going to be two or three even in Singapore itself. Jeez. Crazy. Uh, there's going to be a Hello Kitty carnival. Why? I don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing. Why? Mm. Okay. Very and popular. What else? Uh, this is my favorite one though. This one is come is called Kidzania. Okay. Okay. It's from this company from Mexico. Uh-oh. And it's, they quote, lets children experience working life through role-playing activities. Oh, Jesus. That's going to be great. Daddy, 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 I want to go to Carpintero section. I want to be an engineer. I want to be able to nail across onto a wall. I don't know. So so they're going to get kids to go in there and basically do... Kid labor? I guess so, yeah. Like, you go to plumber land and... Uh, oh, my wait, I want them to, like... physics. I want them to be, like, opening Bill. in January 2016. And then you show up and it's nothing. And it's like, kids, get go, to work. Go, get to it. Come on, get to it. Where are the Bangladeshis? Just follow what the Bangladeshi kids are doing. <laughs> oh, that's something. Get to it, kids. Start building the park. And then, like, it's... it's Then they tear it down and rebuild it again. That's mm-hmm. the whole park. Uh, let's see, another theme park, kid, uh, children can enjoy storytelling activities with their favorite cartoon characters. What Originating from Korea, the park is loaded in Marina Square Shopping Mall. Is it Lotte World? It's Pororo Park. Pororo Park? Pororo Park. Pororo Park? Yeah. That's not very friendly to people with... It's, just it's not like people, like, people like Timmy. Yeah, like Timmy. Then be like, hey mom, hey dad, let's go to... And he explodes. Marina Square. That's so crazy. This is like my favorite quote. Um, How do you open a theme park in Marina Square? I don't know. A small one, I guess. Let's see here. Uh, this is from... Oh, uh, sorry, side note again. Mm. Did you know that about just Singapore's development? Okay, like, you know the whole shipping area 
Um, near my Sentosa. House. I mean, don't give away where you live. I mean, not <laughs> near my house. Like near, okay, like near Sentosa. Like there's the whole shipping area, you know, like with all the the shipping containers and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know what they're gonna do with that over the next few years, right? The, what are they planning doing? Are they, like a water they're, park? No, no, no. They're no, no, not a water park, John. They're taking that all away. Yeah. That whole shipping area, so no more shipping containers, no more metal giraffes, as I like to call them. Okay. And they're moving them all to Jurong. Okay. And redeveloping that whole place to be like a new central business district. That's awesome. They're basically doubling up our central business district blah, 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 because there's so much more business CBD, happening. CBD, Because there's so much more business happening. They're going to turn it into residential, CBD. So it's going to just expand more or less. Yeah, so it's just going to be like more of what it already is. More or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be... Because like that shipping area takes up a lot of space. Uh, yeah. And they're going to develop it like crazy. And I think that's going to be taking place over the next 10, 20 years. Nice. That's crazy, man. Maybe we can get a... Proper get get some good food like in this, my place. This country is going to be unrecognizable in twenty years. Which it's going to be the future. I think like curious. when Hollywood wants like sci-fi futuristic movies, they're going to start coming to Singapore more. Uh, yeah, man. Because her was shot in Shanghai, right? Was it? I think so. And then Asian Forty Seven was shot here. But I still haven't seen, still that, haven't movie. seen that either. Maybe that's another it. one we should watch and do a commentary. I still on. need to watch that damn movie. Do we need to really? Do we? Need I I, to? I I need to. Okay, if I want to. Okay, we can watch on Netflix right after this. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Uh, here's a quote. According to ours, this is from Miss um, Janice Chu, the marketing manager for Pororo Park. Shout out. Shout out. According to our survey, more than 50% of parents love to bring their kids to indoor playgrounds because the weather in Singapore. Because of the weather in Singapore. True enough. It's either very hot or it's rainy or during the haze period. So you would like to have, so they would like to find a place where children can both play and learn at the same time. So we have classes and also do times with enrichment providers. Play and learn. Whatever happened to indoor theme parks like arcades? I feel oh, like yeah, I arcades are dying out, man. Like, what happened, guys? Who well, dropped the ball? Because back in the day when, like, I was a kid, you couldn't you couldn't bring that software hardware into your home. Now you have a fucking PS4. That, but like, still, there's something about arcades. I mean, like, to like you throw a ball into a thing, you get tickets, and you exchange those tickets for toys. Like, that's irreplaceable. I can't do that. Throw at your home. ball into a hooker. What? She won't give you any tickets. <laughs> okay, um, but. Um, I remember when I when I was a kid, we take trips overseas, and they had like these Sega worlds mm. where it's like indoor theme parks with rides, like Dave and Buster's, something like Dave and Buster's. I feel like dude, like Dave and Buster's in Singapore would make a killing. I think you're right, Dave and Buster's. In I think Singapore, you're right. Let's, let's do it and call it good hang. Yeah. Oh my god, money. Oh, that totally works out, right? Oh yeah. Holy shit, guys. Look oh, up. we're cutting the episode. We're not releasing this no, anymore. No. <laughs> we have two ideas. Copyright. No copyright. 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 <laughs> guys, um, it's timestamp. We did this right here. We can sue. Um, yeah. Look up Dave and Busters if you don't know what it is. It's basically like an adult arcade um, where you can drink beers yep. uh, and play arcade games. Uh, like like proper arcade games like, you know, fighters and like shooters and stuff or like ticket games where you throw stuff at things and get tickets. Like ball. Yeah. And you can get like prizes. But and... with a beer. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's a hell of a fun time. I've, I've been once. And wouldn't that just destroy? Like if you opened really it in like well Clark Key or something. You I think know? that would do really well here. Right? Because yeah. there's enough like foreigners for it to work and enough locals that, you know, are awkward when they're at bars. So yeah, like if you man give them... babies. Yeah. So if, if you give them something to do... Like, you know, use a thing to hit a hammer. I mean, use a hammer to hit a thing. <laughs> like, there's so much money there. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I, I had to start recently because I was 
watching um, some YouTube thing and Dave and Buster's came up and I was like, why don't we have anything like that in Singapore? Also, I miss arcades. I miss yeah. arcades so much. Yeah. Arcades, good times. J- Japan. Japan is rife with arcades. Japan, arcade, Japan is just one big arcade. Arcade culture there is still alive and well. And that's one of the main draws for, of Japan for me, like going to visit arcades. Because mm. like, they debut a lot of games over there and they experiment with a lot of games over there. Well, Japan's fucking crazy, so yeah. yeah. And like they even, like for a while, they were even experimenting with a, uh, a Star Wars fighter in Japan. Oh, I would play that. Yeah, it was, like, te- it was, like, it was like Tekken or Street Fighter, but with Star Wars characters. Huh. It was very poorly thought out, but still fun to see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next uh, story. Next story. Um, I'm a little fucked. I forgot to like, I should re- re- breach this article, but I thought <laughs> this um, headline was so great. Yeah. Um, this is from Reddit and it says eight of the top 20 selling books on amazon.com are currently coloring books designed for adults. Okay. So this is a new trend that I have been, ah, you know about this very lightly keeping track of, cause I, I, I go to the bookstores every once in a while to just see what I should get on my Kindle. <laughs> and Fair. I see like, and you always see like the hottest books in front, right? I mean, like, oh, new arrivals, big bestsellers, and so many adult coloring books. What is happening, guys? I, I don't understand it. I kind of okay. No, just say I don't understand is unfair. I kind of get the appeal because I was just at the airport recently, right? And I saw mm-hmm. like this Harry Potter adult coloring book, and it was all these logos and symbols and Harry and, Potter. And, but yeah, how did you know that it was specifically for adults? Because it just seemed like one of those adult coloring books. Like, it was very intricate. The designs were very... I mean, I think that's kind of what separates the kids' coloring books from the guys' ones. Because the kids' ones would be, like, you know, these, like, familiar characters. And then they'll have fun facts about the characters and stickers. But the adult ones are, like, intricate designs where, like, there's, like, a million things to color in one page. So I kind of get how it can be therapeutic. But... Right, right, right. I mean, for me, I just doodle. Yeah, they're saying, <laughs> yeah. These these books tend to be much more uh, finely detailed than those for children. Popular topics include animals, fish, flowers, and mandala spiritual symbols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of mandalas. <laughs> a lot of mandalas. One of those things is not like the other. A lot of mandalas. Like they had like Harry Potter esque mandalas where they would have like crests like and like um, house logos that you can color in, and they're hugely detailed. I mean, I think I get it. It's just like. It's, there's if you're not a, I think like all people whether they know it or not need some kind of creative output mm. and this is like a really nice easy way and also brings you back to your childhood yeah um, man yeah, yeah. some that's quotes true. from this article that's true. didn't think about yeah, that some quotes uh, this lady says it's just mindless and fun there's no right or wrong and then no one's critiquing you that's yeah and then, and then you can like tear a page out and put it on your fridge <laughs> he totally you say hey grandma look, look what, what I, I did. did I'm dead <laughs> We thought the coloring was close to the art-making process used in art therapy by psychologists. Also, they said, yeah. Yeah. It has real anti-stress effects like mindfulness and meditation. Actually, I could see myself getting into this. I could see myself getting into this. But you have enough creative outlets. I guess. Yeah, but this seems nice and relaxing. I just think it's so cool that... I I might not understand it fully, but I just think it's cool that it's a new thing. Yeah. Like, this is a new thing that I can get behind. Yeah, totally, totally. As opposed to... Other new things like splitting the last book of movies into two movies. Yeah, let's stop doing that. Yeah, let's stop doing that. Star Wars. Do we're that. looking at you. They're not going to do it. <laughs> Episode, Episode 9.5. 9A. 9A and 9B. 9A and B. Oh, God. It's terrible. Nope. All right, Nathan. Have you heard of a young man named Ethan Couch? No. Does he sell couches? No. He should get into it, though. Yeah, right. He's the guy I was talking about earlier that had a really punchable face. Kempai. Kempai. 
Genpa. Okay. <laughs> so what did he do? Uh, let me just show you his face first and see how much punchable it is. Hold on. <laughs> Even that name, Ethan Couch. Ethan Couch. He just sounds lazy. He sounds, ah. like a, he sounds like a slacker. That's right in the zone. Okay, look at his punchable face with his stupid, non fully formed mustache. Are you? He looks like a he looks like a ginger Michael Sarah. I can see that, but look at him particularly this face. Ugh. Okay. Well, so have you ever heard of the term affluenza? Um, is it a sickness? Uh, they're trying to make it that it is, yeah. Is it like influenza for the affluent? Yes. It's a portmanteau, which is one of my new favorite words. It's a a putting together of the words affluence and influenza. So, okay. Uh, let me go into a story. This is from his Wikipedia article, which is pretty good. So, he's this young man from Texas in a really rich family. Um, here's one stupid-ass quote that I saw. Um... He drove to. He started driving to school at the age of twelve, right? And then when the teachers questioned his parents, his father uh, threatened to buy the school. Oh, a thirteen-year-old kid driving to school. Okay, but now, in June of twenty thirteen, um, Couch was caught on surveillance video stealing two cases of beer from a Walmart. Driving with seven passengers in a pickup truck, speeding 70 miles per hour, that's 110 kilometers yeah. per hour, in a 40 mile an hour zone. Um, three hours later, and then he got in, in, he got into a car crash. He killed four people, oh, injured multiple people. Um, everyone in, in, the, in, the, in the pickup truck survived somehow. Um, Wait, who, who did he kill then? Okay, so. I'll just read it. I'll just he was driving the pickup truck. He was driving the pickup oh, truck. Oh, understood. understood. Um, he tested positive for Valium, and three hours after the crash, he had a blood alcohol content of 0.24, which is three times the legal limit in Texas. Oh, so approximately after an hour after the beer theft, Couch was driving his father's truck at 70 miles per hour on a dark rural road where motorist uh, Brianna Mitchell's SUV was stalled. Holly Boyles and her daughter Shelby, who lived nearby, had come out to help her, as well as a path- passing use minister named Brian Jennings. Crouch's, uh, excuse me, Couch's truck swerved off the side of the road into Mitchell's SUV, then plowed into Jennings' parked car, which in turn hit an oncoming Volkswagen Beetle. The truck then flipped over and hit a tree. Mitchell, Jennings, and both Halley and Shelby Boyles were killed, while Couch and his seven passengers, none were wearing seatbelts, survived, as did two children in Jennings' car and the two people in the Volkswagen. What does this guy's father do? He owns a sheet metal company or something like that. Got it. So that's, that's money. Owns Claiborne oh, Sheep. Okay, yeah. so like I have a lot of feelings about this story, and a lot and of it. I comes, haven't even gotten to it yet. Just yeah, keep going. Yeah, a lot of it just comes down to parenting. Yeah, like yes, this kid has a punchable face. Yes, this kid did terrible things, but I think, especially, how old is he again? Thirteen, fourteen? At the time, of, at the time of the incident, he was sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. At that age, he, there's a reason why kids that age go to juven, juvie as opposed to like full on prison. Because mm. to a certain extent, they're not fully responsible for their actions. They're young. Their minds are barely developed. Their maturity level is non-existent. Yep. And it all comes down to parenting. I mean, yes, he did terrible things. And it's clear that, I mean, with what the father tried to do, like buy over the school, it's clear that he is not a good parent. You're right. Now, hold on to that thought, okay? Okay. So he was charged with four counts of intoxication uh, manslaughter and two counts of intoxication assault. Um, the prosecutors were seeking to give him a maximum sentence of 20 years. 
Um, but their super high-priced lawyer hired the psychologist as an, ex- as an expert for the defense and testified in court that the teen was a product of affluenza and was unable to link his bad behavior with consequences because his parents, uh, because of his parents teaching him that wealth buys privilege. Mm. So basically what you're saying, they're basically saying shitty parenting allows, should allow this kid to not go to jail. Jesus. Um, did it go through? It went through. Like okay. he didn't go. He ended up. Uh, Are his parents going to prison? Nope. Why? Hey, why not? Someone needs to go to prison. <laughs> Four people died. Uh, following a court hearing close of the public, Judge Boyle's sentence crouched to an unspecified lockdown rehabilitation facility, where his parents will pay. The time uh, couch will have to stay was also unspecified. So basically, he's just going to get rehab. Oh, come on. Uh, okay, so I actually knew someone like this back in uh, junior college, mm-hmm. and uh, he was young. He's a two years younger than I am. So when I was in junior college, he was still in secondary school, uh-huh. and I remember very clearly he came to like show off in a sports car and drove past the school, like you know the junior college, because it was nearby. Yeah, and he drove past showing off the, the car and everything, and. Uh, Oh my gosh! And I, 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 I kind of know his parents, also you know, rich Indonesian parents kind of thing going on, and they don't really like spend that much time with their kids and blah blah blah. That's why things like that happen. It's almost formulaic to yeah. the point. You know, like money. You see it happen. Plus bad parenting, plus neglect equal. A kid that does whatever and whatever the fuck he wants, whatever the fuck See, he wants. That's the interesting thing, though. Because you're they s- have the means to do it. That's the interesting thing. I mean, you, you're saying that you've seen that. I, of course, have seen it as well in my international school. But, like, so, in a weird way, we're saying that it's right. Like, it's almost... It's formulate. I mean, it's not right, but it's good. No, but I'm, well, uh, no, no, not that it's right. I'm saying that, like, this, the, the lawyer's argument was right. That you can't hold this kid responsible because he's part of this crazy system well i just isn't that isn't that interesting i just don't like that his parents were not held extremely accountable for this Mm. i mean yes like they said they're gonna pay like pay pay for his to to go to rehab and that's so so just like payment of money dude if you're not pissed off yet this will piss you off okay let's try uh because of some weird loophole yeah um the, the facility that he got sent to which normally charges a daily rate of 715 dollars right a day his parents instead had to pay $1,170 a month to stay mm-hmm. here because the I think the state is supposed to pay the rest. That's pennies to them, I'm guessing. Yeah. But no, but look at that, dude. seven fifteen a day is how much this place costs. And they're only paying uh, $1,100 a month. Jeez. And I, this is apparently, I've read somewhere else. I can't find the source right here, but it's like one of those places that have like spas and MMA training. <laughs> and table tennis courts. Exactly. Uh, guys out there... Expecting parents, new parents, people that intend to be parents in the future, don't spoil your kids. Whether you come from wealth or not, don't spoil your kids. Like, give them a better life than you had, but don't give them everything they ask for. Don't spoil them. I think one of the biggest things a kid needs to learn is that they need to work for what they get. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't just be like, hey, I want this. Here you go, child. I want this. Here you go, child. Like, they will not appreciate what they have. And that's when you end up with this. You know, a kid that is basically like... Monster. He, he has everything. 
and he just wants more and more and more. So he's advancing a lot faster than someone his age should be. He's mm-hmm. 16 and oh, I'm going to start driving, I'm going to start drinking, I'm going to do all these things. And it's it's disgusting. Yep. You know, I feel like, it, especially when you're that rich, you have so much and you feel like you can just flaunt and do whatever the that's, fuck with no consequences. That's affluenza, dude. Like, when you... Uh, I Okay, when, 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 listener, when you become a parent in the future, I want you to make Timmy, sure that... Timmy, listen, Timmy. Timmy, all of you, I want you to make sure that your kid works for the things that he has. If your kid asks for um, a new toy, tell him that, you know, do your chores, do your homework, make sure you uh, pick up the bread, and then I will give you $10. It's it's a balancing act, you know, because, I mean, of yeah. course, as parents, and this is something I think about as, you know, as I get you know, old, um, is that you obviously want to give your kids better than what you have. Yes. It's a balancing act, though, because yeah. you also want to make sure they're not a dick. Yeah. Okay, but Nathan, why is this guy in the news, right? So that happened I've planned two, out. Three, I've planned out ago. my parenting scheme already. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's going to be very reward-based. Like, you do shit, and I reward you with it. Because uh, b- before That's you go into your point... positive reinforcement. Yeah, like, before you go into your point. Like, bless my parents. They're great people. They support me in everything I do, blah, blah, blah. But um, the one thing that my dad did that I look back on and go like, oh, is that sometimes he would just give me the things that I, I wanted as opposed <laughs> to making me work for it. And <laughs> no, I mean, I, I understand because he grew up um, fairly poor. Mm. So to be able to provide for a kid, you know, it's it's a privilege. And I think that he really... Yeah, exactly. That's what he, I mean. He, he wanted to, you know, he was really... It's, it's almost like, you know, I never had this, so I'm going to give it to you. Um, but that he would... So, for example, like when I was first starting out in music, like he got me this really fancy microphone, mm. but I didn't have to work for it. He just showed up in my room one day and I just did not appreciate it. Mm. I mean, I was like, thanks, dad, but I didn't understand the value yeah, of you, it. But you turned out okay. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just that, like, I mean, you're a dick in some ways. <laughs> but it's just things like that where, like, I never used really it. Really soft, like a really soft guy. <laughs> I never, yeah. I never used it. I never appreciated it. I never understood the value of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if it was something that I had desired, and yeah. something that, but then he, now he I think you, you risk um, running to the into the area of, of putting too much value on material things. Well, no, it, it, it's okay because it doesn't sound like your dad made you work for his love. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's things like. Material things are natural to desire. Yeah. But you want your kid to be able to understand the value of it. And I think that's that goes beyond the material. Mm. So, for example, say your kid wants to have a car. You want to make sure that you don't just buy him, like, an Aston Martin right off the gate, you know? Yeah, that's for me. That's for daddy. <laughs> yeah. As a father, I would make him, like, work for it, mm. give him, like, a crappy-ass car, and then say, you can modify it however you want. Okay, I guess it's a little bit harder in Singapore because there's so much red tape around cars in general. Yeah. But so that was a bad analogy. Say he wants like a really good computer. Yeah. I'll I'll probably just like here's a frame, and a <laughs> CPU, <laughs> something along those lines. You know, like make him work for it and then get him like the, a basic, give him enough money for a basic computer. Yeah. And then whatever components that you want, you build it up yourself. And or then like, when you have that super computer, you've you appreciate it so much more because you've worked for it, you've put in your heart and your soul true. into it. So it's no longer just a material thing that costs money. It becomes a story. It becomes something you've worked right, right. for. Or like, or like, or like, if your if your son wants a girlfriend. Exactly. You find like a short fatty. You, no, you give him a zygote. <laughs> <laughs> a fetus. You would give him a fetus. From, from you gotta analogy. groom it. <laughs> if we're going by the analogy. You, no, you give her Rachel Lee Cook pre hair down glasses taken off. Uh. 
Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, did, did you catch that SNL sketch about, like, here's your future wife? Yeah. Oh, was, my God. That was the best sketch like, of the oh, year that's, for that's me. That's not so bad. She's, she's not that young. She's three months pregnant with your second <laughs> one. Oh, God. <laughs> Leslie Jones is so funny in the audience. Oh, my God. That was such a good sketch. Uh-huh. It was like borderline, like, I don't know if I should be laughing. Yeah, you should. We're like, <laughs> I, I just love how people are like, I, sh- I feel offended. I, I think I'm offended. I should be offended. There's nothing really to get offended about in this. It's not really pedophilia, you guys. Good sketch, good sketch. Anyway. anyway. Okay, so why are these people, these crouches in the news? Because this happened all in 2013. Um, well, part of their sentencing was that they weren't allowed to leave the, the state of Texas. Okay. All the crouches. The couches. The couches, yes. Okay. Or him specifically. I think the boy specifically. Okay. But anyway, him and his mom left the country. <laughs> oh, like and they, just. They've been missing for a couple months. Oh, a couple geez. weeks. Oh, jeez. And they just found him in Puerto Vallera, Mexico. Of course. That's where you, you always run to. Yep. But they've been returned to the United States and now they're going to face the courts again. Mexico is on the border of Texas. Yes, that's right. Okay. But like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> this is why they need a wall. This is like rich white trash. This is why we need to, yeah, this is why we need to get a wall to keep the crazy white people, <laughs> the rich out, of white people out of Mexico. Oh, Jesus. Bradley and his probation. Uh, I don't like this story, but I hope you guys learned something from it. Don't spoil your kids. Don't spoil your kids. I should have ended on another on a happier note. I got nothing. Do you? It's fine. No, it's fine. I think the happy note is favorite thing. Yeah. Happy, like, favorite thing is always a happy, happy time. So let's uh, get, get into the thing that is favorite after this outro. One, two, three. I like You just heard about that thing. Harmony nailed it. God damn it. Nailing the harmonies today. Great into the final segment of the year. What do you think about that, John? The final segment of the year. It's crazy. We want to cry. Fun fact, fun fact that I don't think I've ever said on this show. Mm. This That's was not the, really you? No, no. Oh. This was the first theme song that I wrote for the show before we even started doing it. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> this was the first theme song. As in, like, as, in like, as in like before we released the first episode, I mean. Oh. Yeah. When and we were like, we did a trial episode. We yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the trial, and the first two, we recorded two trial episodes. Yeah. And the first trial episode's favorite thing was favorite soup. Soup. And the, and the second, second was, favorite, was nuts. favorite nuts. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. lyric from soup to nuts and boobs to butts. Yeah, we won't reveal because I think we're going to release those eventually. Yeah, fun fact. But those are fun. Yeah. yeah, I think favorite things is like if we ever cut a segment, I think favorite things is next on the chopping block. But uh, I like it. I, I, what was the other segment that we used to have? Uh, check this thing out. Check this shit out. Check oh, yeah, sh- check this shit out. There we go. Check this thing out, whatever yeah. it was. Anyway, um, yes, for this yeah. week's favorite thing, we're going to wrap up the year in our... Fa- I mean, pop culture, that's our thing. We consume a lot of media, movies, TV, music, television. Stories, just every, all stories. I said television already. Um, yeah, like, we, we consume stories. And we're going to share nom, our nom, top nom, nom, five favorite things oh it's so year. hard to pare it down to five it's, it's, it's been a Don't big year it. it's been a big year but hopefully we're gonna be able to sum things up so if there's anything that you've missed this year you can catch up uh, on our list so i guess oh. it's like a bit of a crossover of check this shit out and favorite so thing, hard almost 
Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, obviously, I don't want to talk about the stuff that we've talked about in depth, like you know, Star Wars. Even I mean, Star we, Wars we can, so we can brush across. Things. No, but I like, uh, and plus, you know, I mean, we've only been doing this for the first half, uh, the second half of the year. So more than that, a bit more than that. Yeah, because we would uh, otherwise we'd be on twenty-six episodes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Nathan, you started us off. Then, what is one of your favorite things this year? All right, my favorite things of the year. Um, it's kind of a uh, it's it's a mixed bag. So I'm shall we gonna... shall we go back and forth? You do one thing, we'll talk about it. I do one thing, you talk about. Are we talk about it. Is that how we do it? Sure. Why not? Actually, okay. I'm just realizing now. I didn't do this intentionally, but mm-hmm. in my list, I have one book, one movie, one one music thing, one TV thing, and one podcast. God damn it. Okay, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do the same thing too. That's crazy. Okay, so, so, so if we're going to do that, then we'll go one by one, like favorite thing, like movie, uh, TV, book, podcast, music, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Cool? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, cool. Uh, what's our first category? All right, let's start with um, favorite book. Why not? This is so hard. Okay, so for me, um, with the book, it has to be Ready Player One. Oh, nice. Because I read it this year. So I guess that counts. We did a whole episode on it. So clearly I enjoyed it. And it changed so much for me because it was my first foray into audiobooks, first of all. So I discovered <laughs> nice. that medium. And it was like my, the first book in a very long time that I truly enjoyed. It had so many things that I, I loved. Like um, there was a sci-fi element. There was a video game element. There was an action element. There was an element of like romance, which, you know, I always dig in a book. For some reason, romance in books work so much better for me than romance in movies. I get that. Yeah. I get that too. It's just maybe because there's more time. There's more time. There's more development. development yeah. Know, and like you fall in love with the characters more. And this book did for me what very few did. It, it just it transported me, like the same way how um, Wade Watts would be transported into the world of Ready Player One. <laughs> Um, I was transported into this world, and I thought it was so cool. Like I felt like a kid again, you know, because. I mean, okay, it, it, it was... I wouldn't say this is a book for adults. It's a very young adult-ish kind of novel, no? And yeah, it's... Pretty yeah, good and, for all ages. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it has so many youth-ish elements. And something about it just brought me back. You know, like the puppy love. Yeah. The, the, the video game things, the technology. I don't know, man. Like, this book really... It just made me tingle. I was, ex- I was excited to go back to it each time. And, and that's... That's a tall order for a book, I feel. Are you feel like you're going to reread it anytime soon or re-listen to it? Uh, probably not for a long time yeah. because it's still fairly fresh in my mind. It's still pretty fun to delve back in. I think I've... I'm, I'm probably going to re-listen slash re-read it when the movie's around the corner. Right, right, right. Yeah. I feel like this Just is... Just so the... I can go, the book was better. It totally was better. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, I think this is going to be one of the books... Or I think this was the book where I had the quickest turnaround time with the first time I read it and the second time I read it. I was just like, I think it was just a couple of days. I was like, no, nope, I, I want to get back into it. <laughs> and oh, it's so great. Yeah, no, for for, for me, call. it was pretty much like every time I had to put it down, it would stay in my head the whole day. And I would just have to scratch that itch by going back in. Nice. And that's very rare for me in a book because usually with books, I need to really like nah, nice, nice, nice. force call. myself to finish it. Anyway, that was my favorite thing book okay my favorite book i'm gonna cheat a little bit um i'm gonna do favorite author instead because my favorite books are comic books okay um stephanie uh, myers oh god team jacob all the way (laughs) she just she just understands love and knows how to put it into word form that's stephanie myers no for the love of god no not (laughs) twilight um my favorite author is robert kirkman oh yeah 
if that name sounds familiar to you guys, he is the head writer or showrunner, not really showrunner, but head writer on Walking Dead, the TV show. Uh, you might not know that Walking Dead has been a very, very, excuse me, long-going comic book. It's now in up to issue 149. Um, did, did he write Invincible, too? And he's wrote Invincible, yeah! too. Yeah! So that's why, between those two, like, I haven't been reading a lot of comic books lately. Um, I've just been storing them up, and I went back just a couple weeks ago and reread all these comics, and Invincible and Walking Dead, I could not put them down. They're so fucking good. Invincible is my favorite comic book, period. Yeah. And you are you reading Walking Dead too? You've never read Walking Dead. I have, but I stopped fairly early on. I God. didn't. I didn't hit a hundred. Okay, I'm, I'm around like eighty-two or something. Oh, you have so much reading. I yeah. so, so lucky. I wish I was you, um, guys. I, if I you're thinking yeah, about getting into comic books, and I think you should because it's a wonderful medium for storytelling, look into Robert Kirkman's work because he has this advantage. Um, back in the early two thousands, late nineties, he was writing for the big two of Marvel and DC. And then he was starting to get – his stories were getting a lot of like – they were good. They were getting a lot of things. But he kept getting hamstrung by like Marvel needing to do like crossovers and like big events and stuff. He's like, I just want to tell my stories. So he jumps over to Image, which is basically right now all my favorite comic books are Image. I don't read any DC. I don't read any Marvel at the moment. They're all Image because Image just gives people – like they let creators just do whatever they want. So now – um, his, his books, Walking Dead and Invincible, have gotten to the 150 issues each. Yeah. And that's unheard of. And the storytelling is so great. Uh, this is also where Brian K. Vaughn is doing Saga, which is another great book. I haven't caught up with that yet, but I'm yeah. sure it's amazing. So, yeah. If you, guys, if you guys enjoy comic books and just want to have something to start, but you're very worried about, oh, too much mythology. Yeah, exactly. So many new like, characters, blah, blah, blah. I would recommend Invincible, you know, like, I, or Walking Dead, or, like, just or, or, whichever, whichever, or Walking thing Dead that interests you, zombies or superheroes. It's just that, like, I would think for comic book lovers, because Walking Dead is kind of a niche thing where it's zombies is black and white, it's very yeah. dark. Whereas Invincible, it's 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 colorful, it's superheroes, it's light and fluffy, but it's also in, extremely violent. Yeah, but, um, it's extremely violent. It's but it's storytelling violent. done well. Like it's so the love good. stories and like the callbacks and the humor. They're both very very funny books. Actually. I I love it. I love it. Um, well, Invincible actually starts out with one artist, and then they switch on like the fifth or sixth episode yeah. to the, the the artist who stays on for the rest of the book. And mm -hmm. my God, Ryan Otley is amazing. The art on that book amazes me every single time. Yeah, because Ryan Otley does Invisible. Who does Walking Dead again? Also very very good. Because the they both is, the name is on the tip of my tongue. That's so weird. They both switched um, artists right in the very beginning. I prefer the 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 new artist for Walking Dead. Charlie Adler. Charlie Adler. Like, it's a lot more simplistic, but something about that works with the black and white. I remember the first artist that they had, he was very detailed. Yeah, Tony Moore. He's a legend. Very cartoony. He's a legend. Yeah, but something about the black and white just worked better with um, Yeah, and Charlie plus Tony Adler's Moore art. would never be able to keep up with the pace. Mm. Yeah, so that's my pick for best books book of 2015 is the continuing work of Robert Kirkman. He's awesome. Man. Awesome. awesome. All right, so next thing, my favorite thing would be favorite music. Can. Why not? So for me, this one goes... It's another John recommendation. Woot woot! The Hamilton soundtrack. Yeah. So this one kind of blew my mind only because it was on a subject matter Is it that, like slowly getting into you or like is it... I know. I When I listened to it like about two and a half months ago, uh -huh. like I understood like, you know, uh, okay. when you recommended it because I... It, I think it speaks a lot for the art when I truly cared none for the subject matter, and this made me care. But you don't, you don't realize that you care. 
Yeah, like I don't know. Like no, I mean, I just flat out did not care about American history or uh, what's his face, Amer- Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> and when I listened to it, Isn't I was the main character in Hamilton. <laughs> and when I listened to it, I was like, "This is a fascinating story. I want to find out more." Like That's this, brilliant. this hip hop rap musical about American history made me curious about the story behind it. And I looked into it. I researched it just to find out more. And the story's good. The writing is unbelievable. Like you, you, it, it's, it's a miracle how they're able to fit so much information in just oh, rap yeah. lyrics. Yeah. And it's, it's, they do it very artfully. Like nothing feels forced. Nothing feels um, like shoehorned in. And the music's just great. The great hooks, great, um, great characterization. Um, amazing, amazing arrangements. Cause Lin-Manuel's influences are astounding. Like, it pulls equally from Les Miserables as it pulls from like Notorious B.I.G., Eminem, and just like Top Forty in general. Ooh, yeah, very a lot of Top Forty um, influences. And, and like, but yeah. I, I, I like how you said like you didn't realize or it, that you make a subject matter that you didn't weren't interested in makes you it makes me enjoy it, right? But like the way he wrote it, it's just like it's so universal. Like just like the love letter to New York, we can all relate to that if you've been to New York and yeah. It's the idea of being scared about becoming a father and wanting to give him the world and, and unbe- not being able to fulfill that. And so many subjects, so much subject matter, young love and infidelity. This musical really has fucking has just fucking has it all. Yeah, man. But that was my like favorite music thing of the year 2015. How about yours, Sean? Well, that's clearly that would be mine, too. But because I, I didn't want to talk about that because I didn't talk about it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite album, and I don't listen to a lot of music. We're doing podcasts as well, right? Yeah. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts. My favorite album that was not written by Lynn manuel Miranda was Mumford & Sons. Mumford & Sons. You haven't listened to this new album, have you, Nathan? I listen to bits and pieces, like songs here and there. And like, this is, it's it's cool because like Mumford & Sons used to be the, or is, or used to be the jingly jangly, always a banjo, like there's a formula, like, you know, main guy just starts hats and suspenders yeah but there's like a formula you put it together like okay quiet start and then a slow guitar comes in and then percussion and then fucking banjo yeah and this one sounds went on another another direction with this one and it's such a great album like the first the whole album's great but like the first five songs in particular like the way they build on each other is so good the transition from the first song to the second song I feel like people don't do that every time I feel like people don't do that anymore I know right they don't listen to full albums anymore They, they should that's the only thing I do now. <laughs> like, I used to listen to full albums on my Discman or Walkman or whatever it is, and I would memorize the song order. Mm. And I feel like people don't do that anymore. Like, I used to be able to tell, like, after this song comes this one and this one. Yeah, because people, I mean, for better or worse, they pick and choose. Yes. You know? And they just listen to that one song. And, like, it doesn't have that flow anymore. I feel like people only do that for maybe that musical albums just to get the flow yeah, of the story, maybe. Because that's how they're designed. But I think, yeah. especially now I am, how I am where I am in this, in this point is like, when I listen to music, I want full experiences. Like, um, another, uh, shout out, like another honorable mention goes to, uh, what's his name? Ben Stiller. No, he's good though. Howard. <laughs> ben Howard. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, good too. Like, so the, the Mumford Sons is Wilder Mind. Ben Howard is, I forgot where we were. Those are two great albums. Darling, listen to them. With me, always around me. Only love my, only love. Yeah. Um, Great guitarist. Yeah. I, I, I really like listening to full albums. Like, I mean, as I don't do it too often, sadly enough, but like when I do get the chance, it's a magical feeling to listen to 
the song order as the artist intended, yep. you know, because like song order in an album is a very conscious decision. It's not just like, ah, fuck it. They're going to shuffle it anyway. Just, yeah, that's one, five, six, seven, eight, three, two, whatever. It's a very conscious decision. You know, the producers and the artists, they come together and they decide what's going to come first, what's going to be a middle or what's going to be at the yeah, end. Yeah, and even that, literally the transition, like the greatest, uh, one of my greatest uh, favorite albums of all time is uh, Damien Rice's uh, Oh. Mm. And the way that... Um, some of the songs in that in that in that album transition, like from delicate into volcano into blower's daughter, is yeah. the first three into, into cannonball. Oh my god! Oh, that's so good. Yeah, <sighs> I really like. What's that one that goes? I don't know if I'm wrong, but she's only just gone. Here's to another relationship down the road. I forgot what that song's called. I don't even know if that's an official release. It's, it's got a French title. Luffy don't. Luffy don't. Yeah, what was the English title? I don't know. The, the something professor or dancer or something. I forgot. The professor. I think so. I think so. I don't know. The but professor. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah. And the professor. Anyway, yeah. He demonstrates the best, man. Good stuff, good stuff. Okay, next one. Favorite podcast. All right. I mean, other than Good Hang, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, <laughs> I mean. Um, well, my favorite podcast. I think I've mentioned it several times. It's 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 still You Made It Weird by Pete you Holmes. You made it weird. Something about that podcast, which yes, also comes out on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. um, something about you that Reggie Watt sang that song. Made it weird. Yeah. Something about that podcast, like I just really enjoy. Like he has a he has probably, in my opinion, the best balance of insightfulness and silliness around. Yes, that's perfectly right. The you know? silliness is the right choice. Not just funny, but like just yeah, silly. It's silly. There's, like, there's episodes where they're just laughing pretty much the entire time and it's infectious. And then there's other times where they get introspective and talk about God and the meaning of life. And there's always a very pleasant balance between the two. Because Pete Holmes is one of the just naturalist, naturally funny people of all of the comedians. He just... You can tell he just breathes and and he and enjoys to, comedy. And he enjoys riffing. He yeah. very much enjoys riffing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are some of the best parts of like the um, of the the podcast. Like when he just starts riffing bits, and sometimes it's stupid as hell, but it makes <laughs> me laugh like so much. Like the last thing I remember, I was laughing very hard, and I was listening to his in Bali. Like he 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 quoted he quoted Edgar Allan Poe, okay. and then he just like off the cuff just said. You know, Edgar Allan Poe, EA Poe, EA Sports, it's in the Poe. And I, and I laughed for a solid three minutes. Because I thought, like, it was so stupid, and I laughed for three straight minutes. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, it's a perfect blend of silliness, introspectiveness, philosophy, love, life, everything. Like, he has some of the, the best guests. Like, people that you don't even expect to be that interesting and they're just amazing conversationalists. Yeah. And, um, yeah, one of my favorite shows. Because he doesn't have a format like we do. He just really just oh, no, delves he, he, and sees where it goes. And oh, at yeah, the yeah. end, he has those yeah, last at, questions. At the yeah. end, there's a rough format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I think is great. Like I love it. What is, what is his questions again? Like uh, Hardest time you've ever laughed. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about God and where do we go after we die? Why don't we answer those questions? We haven't done that yet. Hmm. Yeah. Nathan, what's the hardest time you ever laughed? We'll do that some other time. Okay, fine. <laughs> so we'll finish his favorite thing first. I can't remember right now. No, all right, fine, fine. 
We'll do when we get Pete Holmes on the on the show. We'll yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what is your favorite thing? Oh my god, my favorite podcast. I've listened to so many podcasts this you year. You do. You have an extensive list. It's hard to pick, but I'm gonna have to go specifically for this year. It's got to be Improv for Humans with Matt Besser. I don't Improv think I've talked about this. For, no. What is it? So, um, so this year was the year I got into long form improv, and Improv for Humans is like an audio based long form improv jam every time. Matt Besser, who hosts the podcast, is one of the original UCB4. Mm. So it was him, Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, and Ian Roberts. They started the whole thing, basically, in, in as improv as we know. They they do the best form. And Matt Besser just gets improvisers on every week. And sometimes they have, like, a musician. And then they'll the musicians will sing a song. And they'll improv based on the ideas of the song. Or, like, people will send in stuff from YouTube. Or they just go off of one-word suggestions. It's basically just long form. But for your ear mind... It's great. It's hilarious. Some of the best episodes. So it's like audio sketch, more or less. Audio, yeah, improv. I dig but it. But the problem is, though, like, for example, if you, here's the problem. Like, if you look at, like, their episode listings, like, you just see the names of the people on it. And if you don't know who they are, you don't know that it's going to be good. But there's some all-stars on here. Like, you know, Adam Ben Polly, Schwartz. Ben Schwartz is great. BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> BB-8. Uh, Bill Hader did an episode, too, I think. Ben Schwartz is one of my favorite improvisers. He's great. Yeah. But there's guys that you don't know that are like only kind of famous. Like John Gemberling's currently my favorite, and he is on um, Broad City. Have you seen that show? No. God damn, that show's funny. Maria Bamford. Yeah. So, guys, Maria if you're. Maria Bamford, I love her. Yeah, she's great. If you're ever into. If you're curious about what long form is or just want a really good laugh, listen to Improv for Humans. I will check that out. For the number four. Improv for Humans. Love it. Matt Besser. Ben Schwartz and Pete Holmes, they do magic together. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Anyway. Ben Schwartz is as UCB as he come. He's he's great. I love it. Okay, so uh, final two TV shows, and TV movies, shows eh? and movies in in that particular order. This is so hard. So okay for me, I I watch a lot of TV, and a lot of things are they impress me greatly, and I love it. But very few shows become like required watching for me. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them, I'll just be like, that's really good stuff. Very cinematic. I love it. Great script. Great cinematography. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'll probably give it like an 8, 9 out of 10, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But sometimes even those shows, I can't, they, they don't really like grab me. Sure. I'll like it, but I'll never be like, I have to watch again, you know? <laughs> right. Like, a good example of that would be, like, Narcos. Narcos, sure. amazing show, great everything, like, very well thought out. But I really just took my time with it because I was never, like, I need to watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, the TV show that was, like, that required watching, and, you know, some of you guys might judge me for it, but it was no. it was The Flash. Of course it's The Flash. It was The Flash. Like, I don't know. It was, I know it's trashy. It's a network show on the fucking CW of all networks. Not, it's got a lot of heart, and, that show. Yeah. But, the, yeah. Like, it's fun. I, I really, really enjoy it. It's got so much going for it. It's daring. It's, it's, um, it's, you can tell that the cast, like, like each other. Yeah, very much so. Good point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to, like, Arrow, where I feel like they all just kind of, like, they're just Yeah, they just show up for the, the job. They're <laughs> just kind of showing up. Um, but on The Flash, it just seems like there's so much love in there. And the the writers are excited about things. They really try to introduce new ideas constantly to, like, um, uh, newcomers to comics and newcomers to the world of DC. And they're not pulling back any punches. They're introducing, like, Gorilla Grodd. They're introducing alternate timelines. I mean, alternate universes. Earth 2. They're, intru- they're, they're like, introducing several Flashes. Yeah, I thought they were going to go too fast, but Time they're not. Time travel. Ironically, I thought Flash was going to move too fast. But... <laughs> 
But no, they're doing great. I, I can't I wait for it, it to come back. A stupid Christmas holidays. Stupid Christmas holidays. Yeah, but for some reason, like Flash for me was the show that it was like. I understand it's not high art, but <laughs> I have a good time when I'm watching it. I, I'm smiling when I'm watching it, and I think that means good TV. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Oh, God. You guys, I mean, you know me. You know how fucking hard this is for me. Yeah. These last two categories are particularly so hard. There's yeah. so many good TV shows to yep. mention. Yep. If I had to narrow it down, I would, and maybe also I'm going to pick this because it's not as well, not as many people know about it as, as other shows. Fargo. Fargo. Fargo is in a ridiculous ridiculously good tv show based on the coen brothers movie yeah um guys if you haven't seen the two seasons you have 20 hours of binging to do it's amazing masterful storytelling um the only reason i slightly hesitate is that the se- the season two finale kind of for me kind of dropped the ball a little bit okay but like gosh, yeah, no so show's good. perfect you know um don't yeah, hate, but don't hate me for this you've never seen Fargo. I, it's fine i've seen the movie <laughs> and when I saw the TV series coming out, I was one of the first people to get excited for it. I was an early adopter. I watched the first episode when it came out, mm-hmm. and then I had to wait a week for the second one, and then I just kind of no, stopped it's watching. Perfectly, <laughs> perfectly bingeable. Like you could watch yeah. three episodes and then I intended. I intended to binge it because I watched the first episode. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool. This is really well done." And then I had to wait a week for the second one, and it just wasn't the yeah. show that I was like, "I need to watch the second episode." It's kind of like I'll get to it. It gets like that. It gets like that. It's amazingly paced. Artfully, st- art- the cinematography in this show, and people kind of uh, you misuse that term cinematography a lot. But literally, the camera choices, the lens choices, the film positions—they're so brilliantly thought out that it's so dense. Like you, it, it, you could even go back and rewatch it and catch all these things. But I don't. The subject matter is so heavy. I don't know if I could rewatch it. Actually, no, I could probably watch season one. I'll pre- check it out. Pre- man. Yeah, I've been I've been very curious about that show. Because I mean, half the shit in your list I recommended to you. So yeah, <laughs> every a- everyone's been everyone's been pushing that show onto me. Yeah, like everyone's always, Fargo's kind of so great. Fargo's so great. Fargo. And like kind of, and I'm assuming it is. It's just that like at the time when I after the first episode, I just wasn't inclined to jump totally on the fair. second. Totally yeah. fair. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Season two is arguably better. Uh, the cast is unbelievable. Patrick Wilson doing the work of his life. Finally, something I really love him doing. Mm. Billy Bob Thornton season one. Ugh, forget about it. Billy Bob Thornton. Okay, yeah. Did you just spoil it for me? Anyway. Um, no, <laughs> these are the, Patrick Wilson's in it and Billy Bob Thornton's in it. That's what I spoiled. Oh, we said season one. Not in season two. Well, season one and season two are completely different casts. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So I'll tease it to you. So season one is basically, um, I ha- oh, that's the thing. I haven't seen the movie, but season one is basically retelling of the movie, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's kind of what I got because the first yeah, episode was like, is like this is just a plot point. It's movie. Lester Nygaard. It's the same character. Yeah. Season two goes back twenty years in the past. Oh, it tells it. It's really good. That's very cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. The movie was yeah, it's a great movie. Like, I just haven't seen it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh, fun fact, a girl that I was seeing at the time introduced me to it. Hey. And uh, it was just very nice to view the movie through her lens. Oh. Yeah. Did you view some other things through her lens? All right. Let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, movie. Uh, fav- oh, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> favorite movie of the year. Um, this is going to be a bit of a like a like a cheap shot, I think. Especially because we talked about it for like fucking 45 minutes last episode. But I'm you can't say, do that. No, no, no. Because mine is like favorite movie that's not called Star Wars. That's well, literally what no. I put. Like, I'm going to say Star Wars not only because Force Awakens was good. That's not the only reason. It's because I became a convert this year. Okay, fair enough. I became like a Star Wars appreciator. Like where it's kind of like, yeah, Star Wars, sure. Why not? Fair enough. If okay. you like it, cool. 
uh, from and I did a and I would I will admit that I kind of did a 180 this year and I am now a Star Wars fan. Nice. Like I am full on into it. Like I appreciate the characters. I dig the the movies. Playing the video game. Playing the video game. <laughs> I am in. I'm getting into the lore slowly but surely. Force Awakens awakened my force. I I really dug it, man. Like it 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 just. Honestly, that's so great. Yeah, and, like but, I'm, I'm, I'm only like half a step away from starting Clone Wars and Rebels, just because I'm slowly getting more and more curious about it. So, like for me, 2015 was especially the latter half of it, the later half of it, um, was Star Wars. You know, nice. I, 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 like I said before, the hype trains swept me that's away. Nice. That's great. And look, look, look. Uh, no matter what people are going to say, all the cynics. Like what I love is that new people are getting into it. Yeah. Even if they've been around like for a while, like you, Nathan. But like <laughs> kids these days, like I have nieces, and like the fact that they're watching Star Wars, and now they see a character like Rey, and now they can play. They don't have to get fucking cinnamon rolls and be the stupid princess. They can be Rey. They can be the main character. I love that. And some of my black friends, they can be John Boyega. Like it's, it's also opening cool. up stuff. It's also cool that. You can have something in common with a ten-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Oh, I love Star Wars so much. <laughs> uh, okay, so Nathan, here's what you have to do now. You have to go and either get for me or download the uh, despecialized editions of the original trilogy. It's a completely different experience. Okay, I've been seeing these around the internet, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" I didn't even bother looking into it's it. It's a hundred percent worth it because. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you go on, my impression of it, mm-hmm. the specialized edition, I mm-hmm. thought that just meant the originals without all the weird computer graphic things put into it. Is, yeah. Is well, what do you know about right? the, what do you know about the weird computer graphic things that were put into it? It's just that, that you know, it's, like, it's like sometimes like when there were like exterior shots of just like you know maybe like a house or something. George Lucas fucked around and put like. Uh, a CGI alien. Yeah, that's exactly there. right. So basically, so just really, really quick history, as if we didn't talk about this enough last week. Um, uh, Star Wars, as the original trilogy, was re-released in the '90s before the f- the prequel trilogy came out, just to you know, just to introduce a new generation to. It was actually pretty cool. Like I, I was, gonna, I f- actually forgot that I've seen the original trilogy in the movie theater. Yeah, cool. I've seen the original trilogy in the movie theater. I forgot that, but it was a special. Because he's old. I'm so old. Um, George Lucas, yeah, put in all this goofy shit, but that's fine. So the despecialized edition was made by this really, really dedicated fan who went through multiple, 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 multiple sources and got rid of all the stuff that George Lucas put in, but he also spliced stuff together. And not only that, it is the nicest, the cleanest, the most beautifully colored version you're going to see of the movie. Oh. It's like redone. It looks amazing. So you don't get to see Jar Jar in the Jedi Returned. What is the movie? Return of the Jedi? <laughs> Jar Jar's not in Return of the Jedi. He is. Oh, in the Coruscant? Like, yeah. Like he was like, he says something. Like he goes like, we saw one or something like that. Oh God, shoot yeah. me now. Uh, I yeah, I haven't watched those enough. But yeah, so go out there and watch it. Um, so good. And then what, read the book Lost Stars because it's so nice. I'm rereading it now. Is it about Adam Levine? No, you are all lost. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, too many Star Star Warsy things. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Star Wars. But <laughs> the fr- my favorite thing that isn't Star Wars. I mean, I'm looking at my list now. It's really fucking tough. Yeah. Um, it's gotten a lot of like backlash, but I loved Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh huh. I mean, we talked about Creed and State of Compton. Those are both really good, but really black. So I don't know if I can put that as my number one. Because blacks can never be number one. Nope. Sicario, what we did in the shadows. Ugh. You know what? I think I'm going to have to give this one, at least, again, just like Nathan said, not the most... Oh, I mean, this High is art. favorite. I mean, yeah. it's, I don't think it's the best film of 2015, but my favorite film that was not called Star Wars, The Force Awakens, is Kingsman. 
Yeah, did that come out this year? That came out early this year, February, oh. March this year. Man, that was a fun movie. That was a fun, fun movie. Like, hyper-violent, <laughs> stylish, funny, British, Colin Firth as a badass. What, what else what could you ask, want for a movie? I don't know if I told the story on the show, but um, my parents, they don't watch movies very often. Mm. Like, they, they're very much like they stay at home and they watch their TV shows kind of thing. And, and even then, most of the media that they consume is in Chinese and <laughs> right. Cantonese. They don't really watch any English TV shows. They don't watch any English movies. And it kind of sucks because then we can... We don't have our shows. We don't have our movies that we can watch the together. Bond over, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the only movies that they would ever watch would be like maybe the James, the new James Bonds, just right. because that you Spectre. know they're yeah. they grew up a bit. Um, but for some reason, I was once overseas, right? And then I get this message from my mom saying like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna go catch a movie." which they barely ever do. <laughs> my parents never watch movies, especially English movies, yeah. because. The times that I have gone to them, they fall asleep. My dad especially, and he snores, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> My dad too. <laughs> yeah. But they went to watch a movie, and I was like, okay, cool. After the movie, um, I texted her and said, hey, so what do you guys watch? Oh, we watched Kingsman. Uh-huh. And like, immediately I was like, oh, shit. Because yeah. like they're, they're very... Tr- like. But straight-laced parents. But they loved it. And then I was like, I just, I texted. How was that church scene? I texted like, ah, oh, how was it? And she just like texted me like smiley emojis. It was good. I liked it. It was very funny. And like, I was so surprised because that movie is hyper-violent, super R-rated, has an anal joke at the end. Yeah, that was a great joke. And they loved it. They really liked it. And I was like, that's a mark of a good movie. If you can, <laughs> if my parents did not fall asleep and enjoyed your movie, you just made a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. The last movie I watched with my dad was in the movie theater was Gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs> what was the last, I can't even remember the last movie I watched with my dad, but it was just me and him and he fell asleep and he snored and I had to just nudge him all the way. Yeah, I think my dad actually stayed awake for this one so I was like, okay, we're going to call it there. No more movies for you, dad. <laughs> yeah, so Kingsman, man, what a fun movie. Yeah. Such a good good mix of like, at the end of the day, that's one of my favorite movies and in a weird way it has a lot in common with my two other favorite movies which is, I guess, yeah, Avengers and Star Wars. Good mix of fun, levity, some heart, seriousness it's just a fun time at the movies Funny. it's just a fun time at the i mean yeah. like yeah i mean it's arguable that most of these things you can say like oh yeah i can just watch it yeah, it may not DVD be a wonderful time at the cinema but it was a great time at the movies yeah it's a good time at the, it's like you you experience it with other people you have fun you laugh together you gasp together yep you walk out together you look at that cute girl's butt so good yeah okay with that in mind and this is going to running long but i just yeah. want to give an honorable mention to Definitely the second best time I had in the cinema after Force Awakens was the movie Jupiter Ascending. What a piece <laughs> of shit movie that was. But oh my god. if Guys, if you ever watch a movie that you have an inkling is going to be bad, bring your friends. friends who you are funny. Yes. Because me and Coral just went we just trashed you that You rip shit. it we up. Rip it. it was such a good time. Like yeah. during the movie, even after the movie, we were just like, what the fuck is he doing? What why? Is why? 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 Ice skating through the sky. <laughs> <laughs> no, bad movie. I I love watching bad movies with friends. I hate watching bad movies alone because then it just becomes like, why did I just waste my time? Yeah. So like the exact same friends. We went and watched um, Love the Coopers the other day. Oh god, that was a terrible Christmas movie. But Let's love the Coopers. It's a, the worst Christmas movie ever made. Why does it sound like Ed Helms is in it? Because he is. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for real? Yep. 
Are you not even? You're not, not joking. Not Ed Helms is in it. Holy Ed Helms, uh, Diane Keaton, John Goodman. I just Olivia pulled Wilde. that out of my ass, guys. I I can be a casting director. <laughs> you could be. I heard the movie title and I just cast it. I mean, Helms Ed Helms would be good in this one. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, it's been a good year. year. It's been a good year, John. It's been it's been a it's been an exciting year. I can't believe we actually did a fucking podcast. Yeah, we're not done yet, though, dude. Well, no, no, we're not done yet. We're gonna take a bit of a break, but we're not done yet. Yeah, but never. I just, it, how I'm gonna try like look back into our chat history and take a screenshot of like the very first time like, I texted you. Yeah, it's gonna be way back there. And and like, I, I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember. It was literally like, oh yeah, what if we did a podcast? Something like Something that. Something like that. We'll, we'll we'll post it on Twitter if we find it. But it's been insane. I, I mean this this year has been um a very transitional year for me. I was in between a lot of things, but still you know was able to get a, a bunch of stuff done. And just very grateful that I was that we were able to pull this thing off. Um, I wouldn't say it's a huge industry. We didn't revolutionize podcasting in Singapore or anything, but <laughs> not yet, uh, not yet. <laughs> but I'm just grateful that we've been able to get some people on board at listening to this and like listening to us ramble. It's been a good time, guys, and thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for making 2015 um, just pleasant. Oh. Yeah, this re- this really is going to be the year. I remember that the year that we started this podcast. Today. Yeah, man. Look at this. Um, did you find it? I did find it. <laughs> April 18, twenty fifteen, nine o two p.m. Nathan, uh, I was literally just thinking, very random thought of like starting a podcast, haha, and thought we'd make a good podcast duo. Like Singapore has zero market for this shit, but it'd be interesting to see what happens. And I go for sure. I've been thinking of doing one too. Haha, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> So there we go. That's awesome. History. The year of... <laughs> the year of good hang. All right. So we'll see you guys in 2016, huh? We'll see you guys in 2016. Have a happy new year. Be good keep, to one another. Keep day. tweeting at us. We'll probably still be talking to you. And we'll see you um, when we return from our little bit of a break. Because it's, it's been... It's tiring work keeping you guys entertained. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being awesome. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. It's been a good hang. Happy Aww. New Year. How awesome is, is it to be a gay man? <laughs>